at Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them. So grab a popcorn. And head over to our row. So we can chat movies. Like friends do. There's always room. For more movie friends. So sit back. Relax. And enjoy the show. Welcome. 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 To the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writers Room. I'm your host Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week I'm joined by Sif Pop Writers Matt. Hello, her. As well as May. Hello, hello. Uh, thanks for joining me, guys. We um, write for SifPop.com. We do movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie-related articles. Make sure to check out the website SifPop.com to keep up with all that. Uh, May does a lot of our like really interesting. Like, I know, I know your your preferred is horror. Your profession oh, is horror. I'm, I'm the big horror person, yeah. <laughs> but cheers, like, cheers. I feel like there's there's been a lot of really interesting movies. Like a lot of times, you get the ones that it's like, oh, cool. I'm glad somebody's doing that. You know, like. <laughs> um, well, thank I, you. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Like, I wanted to say like Infinity Pool, but I'm pretty sure Foster did that one. I didn't get to do Infinity Pool, yeah, but I yeah. I did love that movie though. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, um, they frequently steals the ones I want. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I see the list and I'm like, is there a horror movie? Damn it. Yeah. May, May, what's the most recent like full article that you've done? Um, it's still the Resident Evil 4 remake, I Got think. It. I I've been I've been in minor places here and there, but like full article Resident Evil 4 remake. And um yeah, that was a that was a big undertaking for me because it obviously is one of the biggest games of the year still. Mm-hmm. And even like now it's like much later than it came out and I'm still replaying it. Like I was literally playing it last night. Like <laughs> Sure. So it's just, it was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Black Adam. Black Adam. <laughs> Miss Marvel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you also pick a, you also pick video games. It's like, it's you and Jack and every now and then <laughs> Jacob. And I wish I would do some video game ones, but I just can't commit to the, like, time up front. Like, unless it's going to be, like, a new, like, I did, I did Gotham Knights because, like, I love the Arkham series that much. <laughs> but, like, it still took me a while. Like, Games are so long nowadays. Like, oh yeah, um, and that's I think that's a good thing. But that, but since we don't get like review copies, like I would love to do more video game stuff, but like I can't, I can't really commit to like spending a bunch of time playing a game, mm-hmm. like binging it so I can get an article up relatively quickly. And you know, if it's two weeks, if it's if it takes me two weeks to get an article out, like yeah, it means you have to cut who, off like all the other stuff you're more. doing. Like you can't watch any movies. You can't do yeah. Well, just, like, again, depending on the game, but like Gotham Knights was like a 25 hour endeavor. Or so um, wow. So like because I'm a because I'm a like for example when I play Resident Evil Four, mm-hmm. um, at least the first time through, um, I am the like explore every nook and cranny, make sure I get all the treasures, all the like do as many tasks and all that. Yeah, do as many things as you possibly can. That way on on replays, I don't have to, but be, also be because resident evil is such a like um um shoot resource management game um yeah but you you got that auto sort button now and it's crazy (laughs) that's 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 a very nice feature but like either way because it's like uh either way like you don't have the biggest case at the start and so yeah you have to to figure you have to figure it out and you have to like use things wisely and you know i don't play on hardcore difficulty at the start but i also don't play on anyway it's just anyway it's and play it's, the separate I, ways DLC as well as well because it's great. It's really good. The one that I, just came out. We'll do it. <laughs> uh, I played it on the the port, the like the port, the the, the millionth port that they did, the like Xbox One version oh, that was not the oh, remake. Oh yeah. 
Uh, I played it there, so uh, it's the, fine. It's the the new one is really good. Is it like the one that just came out? It's really good. It's nice. like awesome. I really I just, enjoyed playing it. Um, I played it and I was like, it's fine. I just don't particularly like it because it's just very action forward, and I like when yeah. Resident Evil is more horror forward. That's why I didn't really like five or six. Um, same. I'm the same here. Yeah. But I don't think they're bad games. It's just like they don't feel like Resident Evil games. And th- three, I think, is almost teetering that line. But um, it's one of the best ones in terms of balancing the two. Yeah. But the Resident Evil 2 remake is actually a top five game of all time. For me. Same. So, um, <laughs> so it's my favorite RE game. 100%. I, I think it beats out four barely only because four just it goes a, it teeters the line of like, really? Like what <laughs> it's a choice a too silly for its own good at some point. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I understand like, that's what they were going for and that's fine. But two is just so grounded. And even if it does get silly anyway, seven uh, we, is my other favorite. We will talk. Yeah. Biohazard's great. Um, and I really liked village <laughs> too, because village feels a lot like two and four um, yeah, village is four, but just more grounded. I think essentially true. Um, anyway, we will talk more about resident evil. Yeah. later. Um, <laughs> don't worry guys i'm still working on resident evil one i okay here's the thing um <laughs> I we're still really talking about resident now. evil <laughs> i am so badly wishing everybody's like what are they going to remake next now that four is done and people like think naturally it's going to be five no i first of all i'm all for a remake of five because maybe they could fix some of the reasons why we didn't particularly like it uh that's fair but I'm much more interested, and I think I actually think we'll get this game before we get five. Uh, but the remake of Resident Evil Code Veronica X. Yes, I'd, I'd um, love that. Which I never played, and I will not play because I cannot play the fixed location games. They they do not compute my brain, and I hate them. Um, oh, so you need a you need a remake of the first one too. Then the so very first I am one, yeah. hoping that they remake the first one, and especially with the way the Resident Evil Four ends with teasing Wesker. Why not? then release one because then you can yeah, and people know who Wesker is but it's like anyway yeah i i would love to see them remake resident evil one resident evil zero and resident evil code veronica x before they do five. Oh yeah I'd, I'd be interested in all that i'd play it because right now they're on such a hot streak anyway yeah yeah anyway um so that's my that's i will play one when when there's a version of one that i can play <laughs> um, yeah and that's why also like I'm really excited for the Silent Hill 2 remake because I won't play Silent Hill 2 because I can't do fixed cameras, but I want to play that game. Anyway, pop.com <laughs> stuff. Check out the site for all those um, on the podcast today. We're going to talk about Resident Evil some more, I, I promise. Uh, and uh, we'll but before we do all that, we will um, play Wavelengths as our intro thing um, since the SAG After Strike is still going on. And apparently it's not going well based off of the most no. recent support. Well, there was like a meeting and the like actors led their proposal in the studios. Like, nope. And then the actors like, all right, cool. We're going back to the picket lines. Anyway, I was, ho- I was very hopeful in that meeting because they're not asking for much different than the writers. And they just agree to the writers. Anyway, um, we will... Also talk about Mandy and Tenacious D. Those are two uh, brand new first watches. For Different me. people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, brand new first watches for me that uh, were picked by Matt and Meg. Um, and for the B-plot, um, we're going to talk about our favorite movies that are just a vibe. Um, I, maybe just a vibe is wrong, like to say. because strong be vibes. That, really strong vibes. Yeah. Mo- movies that you could look at and you're like, oh, that's a vibe for sure. Um, yeah. So... Uh, Cue the vibration. 
We'll also wrap up with the spinoff. But first, let's let's play wavelengths. Um, who would like to go first? Not I'll, sit, I'll sit in the hot seat. I can go first. All right. May will go first. Matt and I have decided on a number for you. Um, okay. We have five different genres, um, action, animation, horror, sci-fi, comedy. If you're new listening, the way this works is um, we have Matt and I have decided on a number beforehand of one, two through ten. That is our rating of the movie. Oh, no, I did this wrong. Do me a favor and let's flip it because I also don't have one for me right now for this. What do you mean? I have one uh, missing for me. Got it. So you're saying go first or... I, I can go first. Okay. Because I need to fill out a category for me on this. Okay. <laughs> I'm just realizing <laughs> the that... The only blank I have. <laughs> I'm just realizing that I went off of um, Letterboxd rating, not my rating. <laughs> or do we just want to like, pause for a minute and fill all our stuff and reset? <laughs> um, Let's do that. Okay. All right. So after our brief pause, here we are. Super smooth transition. Guys, this is my favorite intro of all time. Um, (laughs) Let's get into it. Let's do uh, let's give May her films. May action, comedy, horror, sci-fi and animation act animation. Um, Whenever you're ready, let us know which one you would like. Let's do animation first. This is kind of half animation, um, but I have Tron like the original Tron. Yeah. Okay. I think it counts Uh, enough. Yeah. This is oh man. What you got for animation? I man? thought you had it ready. Yeah, I did. Now I realize it's actually technically not probably animation. Eh, go for it. We're, it, we're well, gonna we're, go for it because right. I count it because this time I like uh, Pete the Dragon. Pete's Dragon. Pete the Dragon. The original one. Yep. Okay. It's animated? Is it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, animated. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, so Pete's okay. That that movie, I've heard some people say it's one of the worst things ever made, and I've heard some people say it's like this grand childhood classic. So that tells me about nothing. <laughs> uh huh. And Tron is a movie I think is very fun and very dated, in a good way. In a way, I find charming. I find dated movies charming personally. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go. Let's 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 go action. Rambo uh, Part Three. What Part Three? Rambo. Oh. Rambo okay. 3. Fast 9. Fa- Ugh. F9. <laughs> Ugh, disgusting. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hope this is on the low end. Uh, <laughs> okay, so, Matt, what I've learned from you so far is that that Pete's Dragon and F9 are on the same quality of movie for you. <laughs> and, but keep in mind, I didn't really remember exactly how animated no that's fair that's fair um well horror horror what about horror i'm gonna preface this by saying it's been 10 years i really want to watch this movie again okay because i think i would have a changed opinion but i have cube here okay so this better be a 10 (laughs) part of me saying it's not but (laughs) half the people are like oh cube reference and the other half are like what the hell is cube and um look yeah it's That's song a good song. Um, <laughs> you you have what, Matt? It's that is a great pull. Uh, that is definitely like saw within saw for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm going a very different direction. I'm going Jason takes Manhattan. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Jason takes Manhattan. 
Okay. So obviously we're writing on a 10 out of 10 here. Yeah, okay. So yeah, I swear we talked about the same number. <laughs> so solving an alien cube with math math equations and punching a guy's head off with an uppercut. Uh I'm seeing and connections here. Using a hot uh-huh. stone to uh get my slipper out. So uh-huh. don't forget that. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, I I'm feeling this is negative. I'm feeling this is because the reputation of most of these things like can lean on the more negative side of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't forget, I love a yeah. lot of weird stuff. So. That's true. That's true. Well, let's do comedy. Let's do comedy. Um, I have movie forty-three. It better be low. Uh, I went sisters. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I haven't thought about that movie in a minute. That's the Tina Fey, Amy Poehler movie, right? Correct. Okay. <laughs> right. All right. All right. All right. And let's just do sci-fi. I want to guess sci-fi. What do we got? I want to get all the cards on the table. I have Battlefield LA. Okay, nobody uh, likes that movie. I have the Tomorrow Wars. Okay. It was used last week. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but straight fire up in here. Yep. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to guess three. You're very close. Is it four? Um, it is two. Two. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, (laughs) all right so i again i watched cube 10 years ago in high school i really i really think i would like cube if i watched it again Um, yeah it's you you should you should rewatch it i mean it's not Cube is a lot more fun because cube was escape room everything else built off that like it really was way before saw and everything it's it's so creative. I love that I, movie. I just I think I remember feeling like it was so derivative, but that's because like it has some know. problematic stuff in it that kind of weighed it down. But like the concept itself was really neat and great at the time, and like makes for a great horror film. Yeah. Um. Also, Tron is a movie I did not grow up with, so when I finally watched it for the first time as a twenty-three year old, um, I turned it off after thirty minutes. <laughs> i get that yep. you heard but the hype I'm of the tron legacy soundtrack i'm very interested in tron legacy um i'm i just haven't seen it yet but it'll be soon same i need to see it as well um, yeah i felt that way with, yeah with, was, uh, the tomorrow wars was man i know that one's device <laughs> some people really love it that are in sci-fi but that was one of the most angry, like infuriating movies I've watched. That, that's another <laughs> movie. That's like I think that was my first movie I ever re- reviewed for Sif Pop. I'm pretty sure the Tomorrow War. <laughs> I don't think I read your review on that one because I was probably too mad at having watched it. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally fine. <laughs> I think during it, I was like, "Yeah, there's some good stuff about it, but you know, whatever. I'm not sure who's gonna remember this." <laughs> I was TLDR. That's basically what I said. <laughs> and nobody did. <laughs> yep. There's going to be like sequels though, so woo, I guess. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay, uh, May, since you went first, um, do you uh-huh. want to have me guess or Matt guess next? Let's have you guess. I can guess. Okay. Um, whenever you guys are ready, I will take your horror pick. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm going to have one that will probably instantly throw you off. I got mm-hmm. Exorcist Believer. Oh, man. <laughs> See, here's the thing I, I read your letterbox three. Yeah, but you also know that I don't rate things. You don't anymore. do ratings anymore, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, so, but I know I, I I distinctly remember the first line of your review is I liked this. So okay, <laughs> well, jokes on you because I never keep up with actually following up and doing my letterbox reviews. So <laughs> there you go. Um, 
but there is a theme to my combination of picks. So for horror, I have Friday the 13th part one. Like the original, original. not the remake? Part one. The original, very original. Are you going to pick all Friday the 13th movies? Never. (laughs) I was going to say, because I have not seen any of them. No, I specifically (laughs) chose part one. Okay. Um, Sci-fi film. I have the Meg. I like Meg. (laughs) (laughs) Not the Meg 2, but I like... We choose things differently. Um, I have Alien 1. Okay. Original. Sure. That's too low, man. Um, <laughs> you don't know where we're at. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Alien is a 10 out of 10, it, no matter which way you cut it. And there's no way the Meg is as well. Um, hey, even man. though, hey, even man. if I like that. <laughs> um, this is our opinion. <laughs> you're allowed to have wrong opinions. Uh, comedy. Ella uh, Enchanted. Oof. I haven't seen it. <laughs> All right. I went with Baby Mama. I haven't seen that either. See, there is a theme if you follow it. What? <laughs> How does Baby Mama tie into Friday the 13th? Okay. There's that, the theme's not that way. Well, I thought it was going to be firsts in a franchise, but Baby Mama's not a franchise. Animation. The Incredibles. Oh, man. You really have The Exorcist Believer on the same as The Incredibles. You see I'm the right. judgment we're getting right now? I'm yeah. wild. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have Mulan. The animated or the live action? Is that a question? Oh my gosh, it's the animated category. <laughs> it's animated. <laughs> Let me get your action pick. Rush hour. Uh, um, 16 blocks. Yo. <laughs> and I was tempted to say the Milan live action. What's the theme? <laughs> What's the theme? <laughs> Man, am I dumb for not understanding what I, 16 blocks the Friday the 13th each, and Baby one, Mama have? No, the theme is across each of you. He he picked he picked ones that were like like so for like the horror he picked two Friday the 13th ones and for animation he picked I'm pretty sure two Disney princess films, right? Uh, oh, no, actually, no, no classic classic Disney films. Yeah. Just classic animated Disney films. Action is numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comedy is, you know, or, um, Tammy Polar. Oh, yeah. It, it's because because all right. It doesn't have to always work. No, I just. <laughs> that's a, that's a puzzled face Aaron has right now to every, everybody, by the way. That is a, that is a man in deep thought. <laughs> no, I'm just trying. So the only way this must have worked is if May sent your picks to Matt beforehand. Nope. Then why does action is numbers? What does that mean? What does that matter? 16 blocks of past nine. It's to your picks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's early in the morning, everybody. <laughs> and we're still stuck early. on the fact that you asked about live action Mulan during the animated category, so <laughs> it's real early. All right, here's here's what I'm thinking. Okay. Um The Incredibles shouldn't be lower than an eight, but I'm gonna think that May has a hot take here because I don't think that even though you had Exorcist that'll like it, I I think you're gonna probably like I think if you were to put a star, like maybe like a six or seven. Because like there's no way that rush hour is higher than an eight. Right? So May, I'm not convinced that any of yours are higher than an eight, but probably not lower than a like I I wanna say seven only because like let's be honest, sixteen blocks is not (laughs) <laughs> 16 Box and Baby Mama aren't good enough for 8s. But Alien is too good, and Mulan is too good for an 8. I, I, 
I think it's going to be a seven, and I think I'm going to. I think I just disagree with all of your picks. I'm going to officially guess seven. You're correct. It is a seven. So if you guess seven, <laughs> then we were right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's the incredible. The Incredibles for me is just I. It's I overrated. haven't seen it too it's much. Great, and, but it's overrated. Yeah. I haven't seen it too much and not in a long time. And out of all the Pixar movies, I connect to plenty of them more. Yes. This is kind of me. And X Disbeliever, I feel like I watched a different movie than everyone else. I thought it was a good movie and not great, but good, whatever. <laughs> it's just totally fine, but it's kind of like. It didn't blow me away. I was bland. I just I just see it as a movie full of missed opportunities. That's a fair. Um, that's a fair take, honestly. Like <laughs> For me, yeah. Alien. It, and I hate it like one last and ten minutes okay. of the movie. I think the movie just kind of ends, and I hate it. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. Oh, for me, Alien One and uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part One. Yes, they are absolute anchors and started off massive franchises, but both of their sequels were just finishing touches that like were never equaled after. I well, Friday the Thirteenth, I get that, but like I cannot. So I can't rank them higher. I. Here's the deal. I will forever and always prefer Alien over Aliens. Um, and I think Aliens is great. But I am much more interested in the horror Alien than the action Aliens. Um, Fair. So. I think they're just two perfect machines of a different kind. <laughs> yeah, they, I, mean, I, just love, that, I love both of them. <laughs> they are both the best I mean, I versions love them both. Of, the, of the genre. But I just, I will always, I think that the horror, the, you know, alone on a space with an alien, your options are get sucked into the vacuum of space or get killed get by an alien slaughtered yeah. by a alien. anyway okay one cool. of the most atmospheric movies ever made i love it <laughs> that means it's my turn to see how really i can botch this mm-hmm. all right action animation <laughs> horror sci- sci-fi or comedy um hit me with animation <laughs> <laughs> i've already warned may she's prepared to hate me um spirited away um i got toy story the first Toy Story. Oh, man. Okay, well, I haven't seen Spirited Away, and the fact that you responded that strongly is really confusing. Yikes. Okay, so this, I'm going to... What I said to you before, Aaron, is is, is really going to ring true this round, let me just tell you. Man. Yikes. Yikes, 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 yikes. Okay, so taking into account previous... Okay, all right, let's go action next. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Y'all ready to really hate me now? We got oh, the Amazing Spider-Man two. I mean, I think <laughs> no, no. Let's 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 just let's let's let Matt think for a bit. We'll talk Matt, about it. Personally, you're bringing on two opposite ends of my spectrum. So uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, that was yeah, my intention. Just... <laughs> yep. But um, uh, all right, all right. I'm gonna have to have a third to triangulate here. Uh, let's go with something I think I might be able to be a little more accurate on. All right, let's go horror. One may save me. Uh, I got Saw 4. The Conjuring. The first Conjuring? Mm-hmm. Saw 4. Two interesting horror movies to see on the same plane. Okay, that puts me a little bit closer thing, but still doesn't match anything else you guys have said, so I'm still <laughs> dead in the water here. <laughs> I I have yes. I have a theme to my list that I will tell you. Well, now I'm wondering what your thing is. Is it themed to me or No, it's you won't <laughs> It's don't don't think hard about it. It's not. Alright. So we have Toy Story and the Conjuring on the same level. <laughs> and the Amazing yeah. Spider-Man 2. Yeah, that's very confusing. <laughs> the Toy Story and Amazing Spider-Man 2 can I'll accept. 
Spirited Away, I'm not sure about. All right, let's go comedy. I got Mean Girls. I have The Princess Bride. All right, so I think we're going high nostalgia. I feel like I feel like Aaron's going high nostalgia. That's his usual lean to. No, don't think about it. It's not. <laughs> 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 it's not gonna it's not gonna help you i feel like he wants to make me wrong let's go with an eight hold on we have sci-fi well, we, still we have sci-fi left oh shoot we have sci-fi still i still missed one already man i was already confident mm-hmm. well this could make a break uh all right hit me with sci-fi then avatar the way of water dune wow. 2021 two movies i have equally not seen or equal two, three two three hour movies you haven't seen yeah exactly <laughs> three for the hour, exact same reason three hour sci-fi epics just <laughs> but are both seem to be in your wheelhouses that you would probably hold in high standard or hold to high standards so man now i'm flipping between a six and an eight because i don't think you would go for a seven on this they're either higher or i'm holding on my eight okay we had you're a, wrong by two we had a six Mm. my so, theme is overrated af um, <laughs> i wanted so the to eight was right by the fact that it should i, go want, I wanted to pick movies that i legitimately think like i wanted you to think that i was that i was uh like i think general consensus is a lot of my movies could be nines or tens um yeah. fans of harry potter love goblet of fire um I spirited away goblet at a six is blasphemy to most people i actually agree um, with you all along <laughs> Uh, Princess Bride at a six is blasphemy to most people. It is blasphemy, and you're right for saying that. And The Conjuring <laughs> at a six is blasphemy to horror fans. So, um, and it is blasphemy, and you're right about saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I don't know, like Avatar two, like people were really high on, and it, it's better than the first one, but it's fine. I almost, almost hate that movie. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, so I wanted to pick movies that I, I wanted you to think a nine or a ten, but I'm I was going for a six. That's why I knew they were up. They were well, and like I, eight or six, and they couldn't be. And Mace had Toy Story. I was like, what's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> yeah, the Toy Story and really then, threw me. That was the outlier. And Mean Girls, and I just had to like eat my tongue. I was like, oh man, yeah, I want to jump through the screen right now. But, <laughs> well, you see, here's the thing with mine: both Toy Story and Mean Girls and Dune are all movies that I acknowledge what they did. I just, you know, when watching a movie, you hope to like feel something. I feel nothing watching either three of those movies. Like I have a few chuckles during Mean Girls. I see what Toy Story is. I get why people like it. And Dune is a big old spectacle, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it just didn't do much for me. It's half and, a movie. Yeah. And the amazing Every Spider-Man 2. Every time I see it, that, Robert dies a little inside. and the amazing spider-man 2 and saw 4 are both movies that i knew it would be easy to think that someone would hate but i find to be better than people normally say but not crazy good or anything (laughs) so i I was trying to intentionally put some weird off balances in there i knew they couldn't be middling but they were either gonna be upper low yep (laughs) yep success Nice. That'll do it. Um, I forgot to prepare a random question for us today, but I think we're you know we're thirty minutes in and we had that Resident Evil conversation. I think that'll satisfy us. Um, yeah, we're, we're wasting so much time. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's move on. Um, normally we would do the coming attractions here, but we are not doing that until the end of the um, SAG after strike. Um, so the studios finally um, make sense and um, support the people that make them money. Um, so now you've got to hear a little bit from Matt and a little bit from May. Uh, if you want to hear more from them, where can they find you? Uh, Matt, let's start with you. 
Um, they can find me, uh, really, I am kind of a, uh, invert, so I don't really do much social media. I do have a Twitter currently known as X, depending on the day. Um, uh, it is at mlosso620. Um, but like I said, I am not super active, so I don't post often, so, uh, I think my most recent post was trying to get Kellogg's to uh, shout me out so that I could get a pair of Crocs they were sponsoring. So that was two months ago. So yeah. Uh, that and, my and me, um, I'm a big letterbox letterbox person. Just if I love, I love movies and that's where you can see me most do most going. I think pe- places like X and Facebook and all those places are just cesspools of negative human emotions all pooled and intentionally, <laughs> intentionally put together to make people mad so i just disconnected mm-hmm. myself from them and mm-hmm. i like to do positive things and yeah letterbox is where you can talk to me or just go. read my sif pop reviews when i come out with them there you go um quick reminder patreon.com in case you're interested in um getting access to episodes early for example we're recording this on saturday my hope is that i'll have this up uh, no later than monday so that's two days early um for uh for people that go through the rss feed there as well as um that's just all public um for the main episodes so there is no paid paywall behind early episodes there um there is some pay tiers but nothing i would define as a wall except for the ten dollar tier but um if you're interested check out stuff patreon.com let's move on to the sift topic we have mandy and tenacious d um Let's start. I think let's start with Tenacious D because really, like, I think the B plot more is about Mandy. Um, although I think it qualifies for both. Does that sound all right? Works for me. Yeah. Like, I like. I think I definitely picked the question based off of Mandy, but um, I it's definitely a smoother think it structure works. this way. Yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> it works for Tenacious D as well. But let's start with Tenacious D. As a quick reminder, we will be spoiling both of these movies in their entirety. So. Um, if you care not to be spoiled about either of these experiences, then now is your time to hop out. Um, I did not pull up a synopsis here, but it's, it's tenacious D. Um, it's the Jack Black and Kyle gas. The general synopsis is that, um, they form their band and then are traveling to find the pick of destiny that will turn them into famous rock stars. So, um, this is... Um, starring Jack Black and Kyle Gass, of course. Um, and a ton of rock and roll legends, too. That's true. Um, the also, ri- on this is hilarious. Also through. written and directed yeah, yeah. by Liam Lynch. But yeah, the Jack Black and Kyle Glass mostly. J.R. Reed has a, like, uh, but then you got uh, Ronnie James Dio um, in there. And then some really just fun cameos with uh, Ned Bellamy, uh, Fred Armisen. Dave Grohl is Satan. Yes, he um, is. Yeah, Tim Robbins, yeah. Amy Poehler, uh, Ben Stiller. There's just like a lot of like really fun um, cameos for both movie industry as well as um, rock industry. So, okay, Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. Matt, this was your choice. I'm looking at the doc now. Um, this was your second choice uh, behind Deep Blue Sea. Um, <laughs> and I'm I honestly couldn't tell you why I paired these two together. Um, but I did so. Um, this and Mandy, or this and Deep Blue Sea. This, this and Mandy. Um, there is a connection. Metal. I can find it. They're both pretty metal. 
there, yeah, there is a there music connection they're, they're with metal. satanic stuff, so we can buy um, it. So there was a list of a couple hundred movies you could have picked from, and you picked Tenacious D. Um, why is that? All right, so I came out, so let me double check the release year. It was officially 2006, so I um, this came out around, this would have been my sophomore year high school, dating myself here. Um, either way, like, it came out around those years where I was like, you know, this, everybody wanted to be the super cool kid, see all the edgy stuff, and the fun stuff, everybody cursed, and there was cool stuff. If you could curse, and there were boobs in movies. Yeah. So this was that movie at the time. <laughs> I wasn't cool enough to go see that. So I grew up just like not knowing about it, knowing that it existed, and I knew about the soundtrack. And then it just kind of faded out of my uh, knowledge, and it always existed, and has just been on my list for a long time. Okay. So when you send the list, and you shunned uh, Deep Blue Sea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll get there. Obviously. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> this was the go-to. I'm thinking a Deep Blue Sea and Spy Kids 2 matchup next time. No, I just... <laughs> no, let's, let's do it. Um, <laughs> but no, I was excited to do this. I was super glad we did because this was a really, really fun watch. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but first, May, what is your history with the, the Tenacious D.I.P.? Um... I think I've heard my parents mention Tenacious D maybe twice in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I I vaguely just as an adult just slowly reckon the knowledge. Oh, Jack Black's in a band. That's really cool. It, Tenacious mm-hmm. D, I think. It, yeah, right. And then I saw this movie. Sure. Cool. <laughs> About nothing. Almost. Like <laughs> My history with Tenacious D is um, I was I'm familiar with it. Uh, with a total of three songs before going into this, because there's, um, there's, they're probably most famous, or at least I would say best song uh, is the tribute, um, which I really thought this movie was going to end with them playing the tribute, and that sucks. Doesn't happen um, because May, if you haven't heard the tribute, it's, um, it's them. It's based off of an episode that they did. There, they apparently had a series which you can find on HBO Max. Um, it's only like six. And it's them talking about how they played the best song in the world, but they can't remember it. So they're playing this song instead. It's the tribute to the best song in the world. Oh, so it's like the final scene of the movie. Kind of. Yes. So like, I think it's definitely an illusion, but. Oh, okay. But like, they can't remember what the song. Yeah. So it's like, it's definitely like a, an Easter egg to that song, but they actually play this song and it's, it's awesome. It's really good. It's, it just kills me every time. Um, I was. I'm also familiar with the original song for this because I think I've seen this intro song, the Kickapoo song. Yeah. Uh, I think I've mm-hmm. seen it like scrolling across TikTok or whatnot, and I, I always watch it because I think it's a fun scene, and um, and I think that uh, it's it's one of the main reasons why I decided to pick this movie up um, because I like in general the Tenacious D band from what I'd heard, and um, uh, and I liked that opening scene. I'm like, if it's more of this, I think that could be a really good time, and. Uh, I also was familiar with the song "The Metal," um, which was in, which is a bonus song from Guitar Hero Two, um, and they use the metal in the soundtrack. It's got like the coolest guitar riff ever. It's like that. It's awesome. It's so cool. Um, it's great. Um, I really love the metal, and uh, anyway, so I really like those three songs, and that's kind of where I decided to. Uh, 
consider checking this movie out. I had no interest in it when it came out, but um, sure, why not? Why not? Fifteen years later, um, yeah, I was years five later. years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I don't really feel old anymore, but <laughs> but when you say stuff, <laughs> I was uh, this two thousand six. Um, yeah, I was eleven. Well, like well, I turned, I turned six that year, but I, I assume it was before December and that's when my birthday is so yeah no it's like that's that doesn't make me feel like i shouldn't make me feel too old because i was 11 but it's, anyway uh, we're just making matt feel old i'm sure uh, <laughs> anyway um let's get into it uh, we're gonna go in that same order matt tenacious d in the pick of destiny did you like it love it hate it dislike it or think it's just okay uh i actually loved it nice I love that for you. Way more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. Um, May, Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. Did you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? High side of liked it. Nice. Um, I, I guess I'm going to be the downer here. Um, I'm on the high side of it's just okay. Um, I had a good time, but I think, again, because this movie is kind of a vibe, you either gel with it or you don't. And I gel with it for about like half to two thirds of the movie. And some of it, I just don't particularly um so like i'm like teetering like it's okay and i liked it i think i think half the jokes laugh land and half of them don't and anyway yeah. um let's get into it though uh because i'll just okay here's where i here's where i actually want to start tim robbins is the best part of this movie yeah yes <laughs> i was not expecting that <laughs> like i what an interesting career for tim robbins by the way because he's the lead in what most people consider the best movie of all time yeah. <laughs> and it's a drama yeah and it's a stephen king adaptation yeah and it's incredible right mm-hmm and then he also does this, and he also does the new the newsman cameo in Anchorman, and all these are within ten years, you know, like or twelve <laughs> years. And he also does um, uh, like the, he, he's the critically acclaimed stuff, acclaimed stuff like the player or things like yes. that. And yeah, it, he's one of those people where every time I see him in a comedy role, I'm like, Andy Dufresne isn't funny, like <laughs> Howard the Duck. But it's almost it's almost a good testament because it's like it would have been so easy for him to just be like the go to like we need a leading role in a dramatic movie like let's get the guy from Shawshank like but like he's got such a variety and and it's gotten to the point where I love seeing him in any movie especially when he's weird and so when he shows up in this movie and he's this weird Eastern European (laughs) old and crotchety guy and he's and he's doing the like diner thing with Jack Black where he's like you're not going to the rock and roll history museum and the like (laughs) and he even grabs the flyer he's like you're not trying to break into here and the other and then and then the the best scene in the movie is when they when they break out and he's standing there he's like I'm going to stab you now come over here so I can stab you and like Like, we're not coming no and they talk about it like five minutes like I think we can outrun this guy and then, and then the cops show up and he's like, catch me if you can. And he like hobbles a little bit and, and the cops just walk up and grab. It's it's so funny. And he and he like throws the knife after them, but it's like such a weak throw. It's like if the whole movie had that kind of energy, I would have been way into it. But um, there there's just a lot that didn't particularly work for me. The, the, the big thing to me is the stretch from when Jack back moves to L.A. until... Uh, until they start playing together, it's like a twenty-minute stretch. It's fine. I kind of, I kind of like the like mellow energy, but like I really liked a lot of the like zany stuff that happens in the Rock and Roll History Museum. 
Um, and I think like I appreciate what they're going for with the ending, but I'm I it it felt a little bit much for me. I was like, oh, I kind of like the simplicity, almost low budgetness of this all with you know fun cameos, which you know Dave Grohl as Satan is certainly a fun cameo. But it's oh, yeah. like, oh like oh like this is this is good. I like it, but it's I was really vibing with it you know ten minutes ago or whatever. So um was like, like the, the moment like where the where the air conditioner falls and then they both pop their head out the other each the, side it's the security guards like oh i'm I, i'm tripping man <laughs> he's like i'm gonna shoot somebody <laughs> but yeah no tim robbins was by far the best part of this movie and i think that security guard is the second best like and then we get jack black and kyle guys like that's saying something and then like Ben Stiller's Guitar Hero dude is great. Uh, a Guitar Center dude is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like that's that a really long hair. Role. It's just there, there's so many like little moments. I I just I, don't, I guess I just didn't super vibe with it all the time, and I I would like to pass it over because I I I did have a good time watching this movie. So I would like to pass it over to you guys to talk about the things that you really liked about it. Oh yeah, Matt, take it away. Why'd you love it? Oh, um, I thought I agree. I think that Tim Robbins absolutely steals it. Like. And I think seeing actors like that is so much fun. Like just doing their living their best life and getting to choose those roles, and like that just screams joy. Oh yeah. And like I'm getting to pick things and have fun, uh, and that's a super happy thing to see. Oh and yeah. I wonder like if we'll look back even later and look at like oh other actors that are going to do even more things and look back at like oh <laughs> they were already doing these things earlier. These are the roles they took earlier, and like we're just enjoying them while they were coming up. And I think that's really fun. So I love when we like go through a cast list that includes like Amy Poehler and sure. literally everybody. And I think Ben Stiller especially does this. Oh yeah. Like, Cause he pops up and almost, <laughs> I think every time uh, I've been on the, the podcast, like it's Ben Stiller has been in the cast list of a film we've talked about. He was in, um, heavyweights. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> he just does these roles and you're like mm-hmm. why is that ben stiller in that role but like he's one of those guys but then you you're get just... to the end you're like i'm glad it was ben stiller in that exactly role. like he's one of those guys you're just like i didn't expect that but here he is may have you seen uh, heavyweights no i was about to say ben stiller's in heavyweights i'm only aware of that movie through reputation it's here's it's something <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me just tell you Letterbox. let me just tell you it's uh-huh. a movie about a bunch of kids that go to fat camp uh-huh. <laughs> this is the late 90s it's fine okay um, yeah yeah they go to fat camp and it's like you know you go to you go to camp and you play baseball with a bunch of other fat kids and you do whatever you know and as, as a fat kid like it's fine you know i identify as fat kid uh, so it's fine i'm not picking on them you know um you know and and the kind of idea is that oh the like you'll just naturally get some exercise by you know jumping in a lake and whatnot anyway um but they show up and um the camp has to file for bankruptcy and ben stiller has turned it into a workout camp um and is gonna and is filming a like promotional video for like the next summer so ben filler ben stiller takes over a fat camp and turns it into an exercise Um, that's the that's the plot now tell me you don't want Ben Stiller in that movie. That sounds yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. That sounds oh, perfect. Oh, Thompson is one of the fat kids, by the way. Yeah, and oh. Goldberg the goalie. Yep. Yep. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's on Disney Plus too. I'm just now saying, is this a Disney movie? Yes. It is. It is, and it um, also stars stars Paul Feig in a supporting role. Stars Paul. Wow. Yeah. 
He's got maybe the best role in the movie, too. Because he plays a kid that used to be fat and then got skinny and comes back as a counselor. And so the kids give him crap for being skinny. The skinny guy gets picked on. <laughs> Tim plays Back to Nelson? Tenacious D. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. But, like, seeing actors like that, I think it's so much fun. Um, but uh, I agree with, like, can that sec- segment you talked about, Aaron, that it slogs a little bit, like, when they get to L.A. Or, I mean, when they, um, when he, like, meets up with Kyle. Yep. It slogs but also i feel like it's short enough of a film that it didn't bother me too much sure like it was just short enough that like it knew it needed to wrap up i'll say like there's nothing about this movie that i didn't like yeah like there's nothing about this movie that i really went like oh man i wish like the movie almost just felt like like i wish it hit one level and then just rolled there the whole time like i wish like like here's the thing i'm gonna defend a movie that I think a lot of people hate on too much, but um, I I love Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Of course, I know same, the common argument same. is that yeah. like they're supporting characters they don't work well in the lead. They're great, and that movie is consistent through and through in its tone. This is a slight like this is a this is a like could be like a Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, but because it's it doesn't really pick a level it wants to be at. It's kind of all over the place. It it just. It just didn't really mesh entirely with me. But, like, I feel like the, like this is a... I don't want to call it, like, knockoff Jay and Silent Bob or anything like that. But I'm just saying, like, I, like it doesn't... Because it, it's not, you know? But it feels yeah. like... I feel like the same way a lot of people would feel about Jay and Silent Bob, they would feel about this and kind of vice versa. But I think Jay and Silent Bob is, like, the best... The better version of this movie. Um, it's interesting you picked that up because... To me, almost, I have almost the inverse opinion where, to me, I think I like this movie. I I agree, Jane Silent Bob is way too overhated. Um, it's it's a fun movie. I think almost why I like Tenacious D more is because, to me, it, it feels more consistent than Jane Silent Bob does. <laughs> um, only because I think I have, like, there's a very specific, like, attitude this movie has that reminds me, like, a significant amount of a lot of my childhood. So, like, there are times, like, when I was just, like, a little kid, like, five six things like that and i was just chilling like hanging out with my stepdad and there were like things that jack black and steve glass did in this movie i was like oh it's (laughs) it's like oh this is like what he did all the time and Mm -hmm. and like him showing me like never mind by nirvana and like all these like things like they even mention in the movie sometimes and Mm -hmm. the foo fighters and all these different things like i've grown up with rock because of him and like this attitude when he was and when he was silly he had the exact same attitude this movie had like to the letter and like kind of weirdly messed up, but also like just entirely beholden to silliness. And that felt consistent, whether it was a more low key scene or more high, like high production like bit. And so I think that's why it really worked for me. Cause it just reminded me of those vibes as a kid. I, I think that the, the movie like Jack Black and Kyle, get, Kyle gas, like definitely know what they're doing. I just think scene to scene, it just almost like, feels odd and feel like there's there's sometimes that like they're pulling off like a a really silly joke and i don't think the movie ever tries to have any like levity to it but like i just wish it like picked a style of comedy because some of it just doesn't work for me and i i had to discover like rock kind of on my own um my my parents aren't necessarily big music people and i think like they threw on country music i think because it's the safest when you have kids in car although not really if you listen to the lyrics but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, 
uh, anyway, just like I think I, like that, it's certainly better than like a, a mo- like a pop radio or um, anyway, just they. So I, my, my brother got into some stuff through like friends or whatever. And so I listened to a little, but that was more like modern stuff. So I really had to get in the rock scene on my own. And, um, so like maybe, like maybe because I don't have that connection. Um, I certainly know people like this, um, at least new in high school. You know, and then I think they grew up, but, um, <laughs> um I'll get there. I think, I don't know. They might, they might still be living in high school or they might, you know, have OD'd or something, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh no they, um not like uh it's maybe because i didn't ha- like i don't have that connection again like i i think some of the comedy works really well like again i think of the tim robbins stuff i think of the security guard stuff yeah and i specifically think of like the push-up um <laughs> or the push the, out as it later the push out yes. yeah the yeah, push yeah. out is the one i was more thinking of <laughs> Yeah, but also yeah, yeah. the moment where they come up with their band name is it just slayed me. That, um, that one of the funniest <laughs> moments in the movie is yeah, absolutely a hundred percent. And so like, there's so much like that I, maybe. All right, I think I'm gonna change my official rate. Like, I'm gonna go low side of liked it. Then I'm gonna change because like again, like there's nothing I really like. I just it got to the end and it's like it's an hour and a half and it's it's totally like it, it's totally fine. Like it's totally like. I'm happy I saw that. I'll 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 check it out again. Um, but it's not one that I'm like running around wanting to be like, guys, why haven't we watched this movie? You know, um, like like my group of guys that meets on Monday night, we watch a movie a week. It's like like I'm not really I'm not wanting to rush to them to be like, guys, let's check this one out. I kind of want them to watch James and Bob though. <laughs> um, anyway, just like the uh, I, I I I yeah, I'm gonna change to low side of like that. I I had a good time here. There's certainly enough here that works. Again, I think that rock and roll history museum is the best part of the movie, especially the part with Tim Robbins. But yeah, again, oh, yeah. just the like, even their like little comments at the end, like, man, I've never, I've never fired a gun before. That was wicked. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he's running in the hallway and he's like arms flailing and he like just shoots the ground next to him. He's like, stop. <laughs> like, it's, there's a lot of little things in this movie that work, but I, I I don't know. I just feel like stretched throughout ninety minutes. Like my favorite parts were in ten. Like um, yeah, yeah. So, um, did you feel the same way about like the tripping on mushrooms bit as well? Um, yeah. I thought again that was some of the stuff where like that comedy kind of felt like oh two thousand six is that's hilarious because oh he fell out of the tree and hit his balls on the thing oh yeah ha 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 like. <laughs> You know, I mean, that sounds like, pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, that's always funny. I don't think the year. <laughs> I, I guess I'm just. It's one of those where, to me, it's not the fact that he. It's it's how he reacts, and him just going, "Oh, sweet baby," is not enough for me. I need like a, especially in a tenacious D like rated R movie. I need the most vile thing to come out of Jack Black's mouth at that moment, like, um, you know, or yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it, that that part that part didn't particularly work for me. Um, the um it's i liked it like i yeah 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 it's yeah you liked it it was a good movie to you yeah yeah i i was a little let down that they didn't play the tribute at the end but um i was you i was waiting for it i wonder i wonder about rights issues or whatever i I was expecting that to be the end credit song like like play over the credits um i'm gonna have to listen to that after the recording it's so good it's i've always thought that was like the last part of the movie and then i watched the movie and well especially with the way that it goes with the way the plot happens like it, it almost feels like um so the show came out in like the late 90s and it, it really just kind of feels like they um they made this movie kind of as like a prequel to that song um so i totally 
growing up just like thought it was the other way around i had no knowledge of the yeah. series being existing so i just thought like the movie came first but yeah yeah it's like and it's i think that's their most popular song by far maybe the metal but anyway like uh yeah the if it like this is clearly i'll, I'll say this though too um i watched this movie yesterday morning uh, by myself um and a lot of times i will show tr- like if my wife is remotely interested in watching a movie or it's like hey i gotta watch these two um, do you want to watch either? And she'll be like, well, show me a trailer and maybe I'll decide. And other, other than that, I typically don't watch trailers. Same. And I pulled up the trailer for both this and Mandy. Um, she's like, <laughs> not Mandy. Um, <laughs> and, uh, That's fair uh, and then, um, and then I pulled up the, the, the one for tenacious D and she's like, not that one either. And I watched this trailer and I'm like, I think I'm going to hate this movie. Like I hated that trailer because <laughs> it's almost all exclusively like the weird trippy stuff. It's not like most of this movie is just them kind of casually being ca- it's most of this movie is like a Harold and Kumar go to White Castle starring yeah. Jack Black and Kyle Gla- Gla- Gass. Like um, it's a structured hangout movie, essentially. Yeah. But yeah. like the, the at least the trailer I pulled up is mostly like the hell stuff and the like, yeah, the, the Satan battle. It's like hmm. that was not the movie that was advertised to me at all. So I get 20 minutes into this movie. I'm like, I really thought I was going to hate it, but I'm I'm kind of like in. OK, like it like it's. It's not great, but and I'm also like, oh, I'm scared. Does that mean the last half of this movie I'm really gonna hate? Like, no, like I I hate that trailer. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I had a good time with this one. Yeah, I mean, and again, at a brisk like 94 minutes, like it goes by like at a clip. It's it's like it's on and done before you know it. At least it was for me. I like it's weird to say I felt the length for a 94 minute movie. You know, like it mm. di- it didn't like come and go quickly for me like that but it certainly didn't feel like it was dragging at all you know so yeah it may have felt that way just for me just because i watched it right after mandy <laughs> <laughs> comparatively yes this movie is half the length of Man- length of mandy in my mind um oh come may, on did we now get earful? <laughs> <laughs> huh? yeah i don't know may did we actually get your full start oh. to finish thoughts on it oh um i mean i oh, was tenacious d tenacious yeah. d um, I just thought it was a. Uh, I thought it was really fun and really brisk. It feels like the kind of thing built for watching in a room full of friends who are maybe one shower behind on whatever you know, th- like food and other thing you might want to put in your body at the time, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just having a big old laugh. And like, and like, I just I appreciated how it seemingly actually really cared about rock music. And like, it, as I mentioned before, as someone who likes rock a lot and has grown up with it and been so ingrained in the culture, like right now, my currently most listened to genres easily metal music. Mm-hmm. So like I watch this and I have a pretty good ear for is this pandering or do they care? And they seem to care. And I really liked that about it in all areas. And yeah, as someone who'd literally never heard a single song from Tenacious T ever, the music was good. It was really good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed every single one. And I didn't expect it to be as acoustic rock as it was but it, it's they, but they <laughs> still like that's their band yeah but they still like rock hard like it was it was really good like it's just I, the whole way through i was just consistently entertained i felt the opposite about the songs i mean I, I, <laughs> I, I, I liked i really liked some of them but i thought most of them were pretty unmemorable to me I, like i said i really liked kickapoo but i was already familiar with that one and there was one new one that i really liked i can't remember which one it was um i think it was the the one about like Kyle saying he missed him. 
Um, oh, the one where he's looking through the like cup and he's like yes. seeing all the memory. Yeah, yeah, I think oh, it was yeah, that when one. He's getting dumped at the party. <laughs> but most of the thong- songs I thought were relatively forgettable. But like, maybe on the second time I might appreciate them more or whatever. But um, yeah, yeah. May, what do you? What's your like? You said you're into metal music. What's your like top three metal bands right now? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm kind of trying to go more on my retro streak right now. So I have no idea Mm. how many people listening to this are going to care about things. Um, I like the band. My favorite metal band as of now is the band literally just called death. (laughs) They are the, they are the, one of the originators of death metal as we know it more classic, traditional death metal, not like a lot of what it's evolved into today. Um, Specifically the album symbolic is incredible. Um, if you want a more modern thing, and even especially for movie people, there's a band called Ice Nine Kills that is out there right now doing two albums called The Silver Scream, and each song on both of those albums is based on a horror movie. And so they have like Stabbing the Dark, it's based on Halloween, or American Nightmare, it's based on Nightmare on Elm Street, and they're extremely catchy and accessible to most people if you can deal with rock music and screaming. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of great melodic parts too. And um, oh, now it's number three, and I have to like, Anyone I don't say right now means I don't. Uh. <laughs> um, I'd say probably. Uh, I'm just gonna get old favorite System of a Down. There you go. System of a Down, well, probably the speed. the best new metal band to ever exist. Like I, I just ask. Um, I had a huge metal phase in college, and I like. I still really like the genre. I just don't listen to it as often because I don't listen to music as often anymore and more podcasts but yeah um for a while there my favorite band was august burns red oh yeah do you like their mm. christmas album <laughs> love their christmas album. i listen to it every year yeah <laughs> me too like like yeah october to january is like the only mis- music i'll listen to but yeah yeah listen to the ice nine kills silver scream album like you won't be disappointed they're very good sure yeah. you don't need to have seen the movie either like it's it's just good catchy songs also we know how you feel about death but how do you feel about death bomb how do I feel about what? Death Bomb. Death Bomb. Yeah. I can't say I know what you're talking. About. Isn't that the Scott Pilgrim? <laughs> oh, band? Death Baba. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like, am I, did I get it wrong? Like, isn't it, uh... Um, it might be Sex Bomb. Am I wrong? Oh, dude. That was Sex Bomb. <laughs> <Damn>. Yeah. <laughs> They're anyway. good. They're a great punk band. <laughs> <laughs> Best three second songs ever. <laughs> hey man, that, opening, that opening track, it's great. <laughs> Bass player is killer. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I, th- I think I'm out on uh, Tenacious D thoughts, but I'm happy to entertain uh, any more that you guys might have. Uh, I think I think Go it's ahead. sad that uh, the movie failed at the box office because I was reading about it and apparently Jack Black said he like, lost confidence in writing so he hasn't written anything since. Oh, interesting. And like, I think that's really sad because he has a distinct personality in comedy, even like just as a performer. And I'd love to see more of that. I wonder if like he's had a really interesting career and I think like he's like for sure, like TikTok famous now, like even though he doesn't post, but like once every like five months or whatever, but like he's every time he's on like Jimmy Fallon show, he goes viral, you know, like, yeah. And Nacho Libre is a cult classic that I don't particularly enjoy, um, but it looks like he's still doing Tenacious D stuff. It looks like they put out two music videos this year. Yeah, he was on tour um, like around me recently. And he was, uh, of course, in 
episode of the Mandalorian and the super, the super, super. Mario brothers movie. Like that's the only th- was like, huge for him. He's the only part of that movie that seemingly even people that don't like that movie enjoyed. Sure. The Jack black Bowser bit. So, um, yeah, I mean, I fall into that camp, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and like he had a good, like he had a pretty decent run there, you know, with like the Jumanji movie and whatnot. So I wonder like, he's beloved uh, by like, I wonder, I wonder generation. if he, I wonder if we ever see a sequel to this movie. Like, I wonder if we see another tenacious D movie. I, I don't, I don't know because like I don't know that he would want to based off of what you just said. Yeah. Um, but like, it had like a twenty million budget and only got like thirteen million back. Well, but I wonder like this does this do you think this movie falls under like cult classic status yet? I I think the people that have seen it would call it that. Yeah. yeah. I, just, yeah. Like, I don't know how seen this movie is, but I think that I I know this movie has some hardcore <laughs> fans, but that's because the band has some fan, like hardcore fans. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, the crossover between if, the music and the movie is a little bit too blurry to tell. It might be too early. <laughs> I don't know. Probably. Because it's going to pick up steam again soon, maybe. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like, I wonder if it becomes enough that, let's just say, HBO wanted him to do a, a sequel. Or, like, a, just another Tenacious D movie. Just a sequel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it's if it just goes straight to streaming, they don't have to worry about, like, whatever reception, you know? I mean, I'm sure Jack Black cares. He wants to make a good movie. But, like... I, I think he's also just progressed. I think his career has gotten better the older he's gotten. I think he's become funnier and he's just he's he's been more himself. He's always kind of been himself, but like there's way different Jack Black from High Fidelity and School of Rock than there is to Jumanji oh, yeah. Welcome to the Jungle. And there, I mean there's a huge difference between High Fidelity and School of Rock. He's arguably at his like best in School of Rock, but he's like at his most like himself in like I would say Jumanji, like modern day stuff in general. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. seems like he's more embracing, like, and just leaning into who he is, having yeah, fun. or like probably the best thing he's ever done was that that Jimmy Fallon clip where he where he brings the saxophone on, you know, like yes, <laughs> like he like anyway, like I, I wonder, like I I would I would be really excited if they announced like a new Tenacious D, like yeah, and even in like show or movie. In that clip you're talking about, like people got like hyped. That like went viral when that yeah. happened. So like people are clearly like up for Zach, like Zach Black, Jack Black mu- music and all that. <laughs> and like like Peaches from Super Mario went like viral as hell. Like that was like everywhere. Well, and it's also a testament that like that wasn't the script. That was just him playing around. Like yeah. And they were like, we love that. We got to keep that in. And now there's you know if they don't play it at the Oscars, I'll be upset. Even though if they nominate it for best original song, I'll also be upset. Like I'm, I feel the same way. <laughs> I want them to play it, but not nominate it. <laughs> yeah, do what you did with that one Encanto song that one year. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so anyway, I, uh, um, I would be really excited for more Tenacious D projects. Um, I, and I, I also wonder, like, either if they felt like they had to do something one way, or if the studios want to do one of them to do it one way, or I don't know, like. Well, I think it's also weird just like because rock rock and roll doesn't have the same place as it did back then because you know it's kind of like I mentioned this in my letterbox review when I watched it but this is kind of like almost the Blues Brothers of rock music because like Blues Brothers was about like kind of almost bringing back a like 20 year old like 20 year old old from the peak type music and like 2006 like 20 years before that it was like it was your 80s like Van Halen's Def Leppard's and like all that you know yeah. And so, like, it made sense, but, like, now that's, like, it's almost 40 years since that time, and it's just, like, I, I don't know how many, like, people besides, like, either people, like, as young as us or whatever that looked back or the dads out there would flock to see this movie, you know? That's so fair. I, 
I just, or, or that's why I think the streaming would be the best option because it's, yeah. it's low stakes. And well, that's, what, and I feel like also they could do it relatively low budget, you know, like, Oh yeah. Um, like I think they could do like, like an HBO eight episode, 30 minute series for pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, and, and I wonder like, I mean, we are living in the age of celebrity cameos, right? Like, and this mm. movie certainly had a, had a good number of them, but like, Compared to a lot of modern stuff, it's nothing. Right. And like, I think people would be lining up out the door to, to get a cameo in this one. You know, like, yeah. certainly like Matt Damon, who seems to be the cameo king right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I would I would be I would for sure think that the the people that did a cameo, if offered to reprise their roles from the movie, would come back. Like, can you imagine Fred Armisen and Tim Robbins coming back? Um, that would like, be so be good. A, hilarious uh ned ned bellamy i wanted to get his name i couldn't remember it off the top of my head but yeah fred armisen and ned bellamy coming back like have ben stiller back as guitar center guy like like <laughs> like tim robbins in the last 20 years has become like this like really rich businessman and he's like got slicked back hair and he doesn't and he like is hiding his limp and he's like this like bond villain almost i'd love that <laughs> you know of course dave Grohl's coming back as satan for sure oh, oh yeah absolutely. he even like did um, studio 666 recently yeah. he's still up for the like rock and roll movie like vibe so i'd love so, that so yeah i i think i think it this could be like a it could be really fun i'd prefer to see a series more than a movie but i could i could get behind the movie as well um especially like i could really go for them just doing kind of like a almost like a kirby enthusiasm kind of thing like a make a new season whatever you want and it could be five or ten episodes and they could be 20 to 40 minutes in length and you know just have fun with it it's very low budget and mm-hmm. pretty, pretty much all you're doing is paying people and you can go ahead and do the campy special effects. Cause it's kind of your brand anyway, you know, so you don't have to do anything super yeah. expensive anyway. Yeah. Um, you can do a lot more should... with low budgets now than back then too. That's true. We should probably move on to Mandy. Yeah. Speaking of doing <laughs> a lot with a low budget. <laughs> uh, Mandy is a 2018 film starring Nicholas Cage and Andrea Riseborough prim- primarily uh, a couple, uh, some other performances in there obviously relatively um, like small cast yeah, yeah. Um, I guess Richard Blake would be the other one but he's only in one scene <laughs> yeah he was the only other face that I really recognized uh, and I only recognize him I mean I know I've seen him in more because I've seen him in other things I'm like oh that's the it's the guy from um, he he plays Kingsman. He's in... Oh, like I recognize him from Kingsman because he's the when they when they all get drugged in the nightclub. Um, oh, that role makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, and he's also in the Batman. He's in Batman Begins. He's he, he kills Bruce Wayne's parents. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah, and he's I in just, he's in Doom, the original Doom movie. I feel like there's a movie that we talked about like on this podcast. I was like, oh yeah, it's the guy from that, and I don't remember what it was. And yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fine. Um, but. He was apparently the Night King in Game of Thrones. I did not know that. Yep. That makes sense. He's um, really good. He's a great character actor. Anyway. Um, and the, the other one, too, would be uh, Bill Duke. Um, Bill Duke is a very recognizable like, yeah. face. Um, so, anyway. Predator Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Mandy is the story of the enchanted lives of a couple in a secluded forest are brutally shattered by a nightmarish hippie cult and their demon biker henchmen propelling, <laughs> propelling a man into a spiraling surreal rampage of vengeance. That's IMDb subscription. Um, I mean, it's accurate, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. Man, uh, uh, Mandy. So may yes. you pick Mandy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look at the list here. Where are you? What were you thinking? Uh, <laughs> no, um, 
you had you, you did have Friday the Thirteenth listed higher, but we I went with the Nightmare uh, franchise this year. I I did I did promise you though that we'll do the Friday the Thirteenth franchise here soon, and you will for sure be on it. Um, I'm considering doing a like maybe every six month cycle binging a like iconic franchise that I haven't seen, just getting the horror ones out of the way because now I have Child's Play and Friday the Thirteenth to do. So I, I can do Child's Play too. I'm looking directly mm-hmm. at the Blu-rays right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, um, Mandy was your other top pick, mm-hmm. um, couple hundred movies you could have picked from why Mandy? Um, because I, you know, as content is getting so oversaturated these days, I like to gravitate towards experiences and movies and pieces of art that are not only different, but dynamic and provide very different like emotional experiences emotional and technical experiences and i think n- very few other movies in any other genre even not just like horror action fantasy whatever you want to call this movie um it's it's just one of the most unique of last decade like 100 like without a doubt even if you don't like this movie you could probably call it one of the most unique of last decade and it's just a really meaningful movie to me and one i also see a lot of people just not really even give the credit credit for or time of day to, you know, like it's just a weird, like kind of like, like druggy, like Nicolas Cage revenge movie. Yeah, whatever. But I think there's like so much to this movie and it's really beautiful. And so I, I really wanted to give my two cents about it basically. Um, Matt, what is your history with this movie? Uh, had not seen it till yesterday, actually. Uh, <laughs> Well, I wasn't even sure I'd found the right one. I literally messaged May and I was like, hey, uh, am I sure I have the right thing? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was my very first watch. I uh, did this and Tenacious D back to back. Nice. And I thankfully did them in that order. <laughs> I did not. Because <laughs> one was heavier than the other and I needed a little bit of a, of a easier lift. one to fall asleep yeah. to after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um I think this movie got like semi decent ratings when it came out and this was like a weird like it's weird like when Nicolas Cage has a movie that comes out that winds up being kind of a surprise like it kind of beat like like I feel like same thing happened with Pig Pig to the I, like Pig, Pig is a thematic opposition to this movie Well I, I still haven't seen it, but I mean, like, but Pig came out and like people were just like, and, like it, Nicolas Cage comes out with like eight movies a year. Yeah. And like one of them is good. And then people are like, guys, that one's great. Like, and that's mm-hmm. just kind of what happens, you know? Yeah. Um. So anyway, it's uh, I don't think we're in the middle of a cage renaissance or anything. You know, I think he's going to continue doing what he does this current state. But again, if one out of every eight, he gets paid pretty well, you know, that's um, still more good movies than a lot of good actors do. <laughs> or it, it, it almost it almost really felt to like remember how Keanu was kind of like a laughing stock and then like the trailer for John Wick came out and, got, and people were like guys this could be great and the movie came out they're like that was incredible and now he's a superstar like yeah yeah, yeah. um you know he's back to his peak you know from Matrix and Point Break days like oh yeah hundred um, percent like it, it's you know, he was almost a laughing stock there for a while and you know Nicolas Cage is a laughing stock but then is also in this and Pig which got pretty good hype at the time anyway and then um but it was one of those that just kind of flew past me i was like yeah i don't know that i'm interested and then um i just feel like there's enough people that have said hey that's actually like really good i know specifically joe really loves this movie um and has mentioned it a few times and um so it was enough people that one day i was walking by a best buy 
um, during Black Friday. And um, it was like a $3 Blu-ray. I was like, enough people have sold me. Yeah, then sure, I'll do it. So um, I picked it up. And here we are. Um, in that same order, do you like this movie? Love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? May, let's start with you. Uh, I mean... If you couldn't already tell, I'm I'm on the high si- highest side of loved it. One of my favorite movies of all time. I am waiting for the day that somebody says I hated it, uh, and they're <laughs> just like, I just wanted you to watch something terrible. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Next time, I'll keep it in mind. <laughs> uh, Matt, did you like it? Love it, hated it, like it, or think it's just okay? I am low side of liked it. Gonna have to do a rewatch, but I think I would move into high side of like it on a rewatch. I'm going to break the scale here. Uh, my official rating is going to be, it's not for me. Um, <laughs> fair. Yeah. I think and that's a very fair space to be. Yeah. If I had to put a rating on it, I'm going like, I'm going didn't like it. I did not enjoy my experience here. But as, as we were talking about earlier, either before, I think before we were recording, I think to call this movie bad is wrong. I think to call this movie um not a good movie is wrong i think there's 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 a lot to love here it's not a movie that i enjoy it's not like movies like this very very slow very methodical very like drawn out not for me um like it's a two-hour movie that um has some of the most gorgeous cinematography especially in horror but like (laughs) it's got some of the best cinematography ever oh yeah it's got an incredible score um it's sound design on top of the score is also really great and i i also think nicholas cage is giving an excellent performance in this movie oh yeah so to call this movie bad is wrong (laughs) um and i and i can see why somebody can say i they hated it because again just like just like me it's not for me yeah, but I'm I'm just gonna go. Didn't like it because there is plenty here to applaud. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I liked my. Doesn't mean I enjoyed my experience. It's not one that I'll be going back to. But um, it's it's just not for me, and that's okay. Um, okay yeah, yeah. But yeah. Nicholas Nicholas Cage is so good in this movie. There's specifically like three scenes. Um, naturally, the scene where um, the bathroom scene. You're thinking of. I'm assuming. I'm thinking of the bathroom scene. I'm thinking of the car ride at the end of the movie. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. of the campfire scene and campfire. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, in quotes. Yep. <laughs> um, those three scenes. He the Friday is the 13th remake scene. So no. good. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is so good in, in, in those scenes specifically, but I think, I think he's really good in this. I, I, I haven't seen pig yet. But like, gotta watch that. Incredible. I know. I incredible. But like, I feel like it's going to be like similar, you know, um, in terms of like his performance. Um, yeah. The, the pig is also fantastic. It's like a, it's like a counterpoint to this movie in a lot of ways, honestly. <laughs> well, but like, so I, it'd when, be hard if, to if go somebody were to spoiling it, <laughs> if somebody were to describe this movie to you, yeah, I think the I think the the way the, like the way that I think this movie was even marketed and you know like told to me by is like oh yeah it's a it's a horror movie about a cult that stumbles across this couple and you know kidnaps the wife and then Nicolas Cage does a bunch of drugs and kills people but it's not that like, it is that no. but I mean, yeah. this it's- isn't this isn't like John Wick where you have a slow start and then it just gets insane like there's a like body count of maybe 10 in this movie yeah it's, it's not, not crazy lot. yeah um yeah it, it's not a lot and it's like 
it's it's not even like a lot of the scenes are of torture and kill are brutal but it's not like uh it's not not like it's not gratuitous i mean i think it is but in like a b movie kind of way oh yeah um it's not like saw or anything you know no Um, yeah but I, it's, but it's also not like, oh, then he goes on a rampage and you know, and takes a pistol and kills four hundred people like John Wick does. You know, it's like he kills maybe ten people. He gets hurt a lot along the way. Oh, There's yeah. a really cool chainsaw fight in the middle of it, and the movie ends. Like, <laughs> um, that, but that scene, um, it's in the trailer too. Uh, the scene where with the cha- with the really long chainsaw, just loved it. <laughs> that moment where um, it reveals it and he just pulls it yeah, from just the car dragging you're like how long is this thing gonna be like um yeah but the no i i um yeah like for people that are maybe checking this movie out um it's very long it's very methodical it's very synthy it almost feels like um is it is it uh the, the guy that did drive like nicholas winding nicholas reffin, winding reffin yeah. yeah it feels like a movie that he would do it's very neon specifically neon red um it's very dark it's very dark in tone too like it's very much like in that kind of realm and those movies just aren't for me i didn't like drive i, I didn't like the lighthouse I, I i felt a lot of the lighthouse during this um have so you, have either of you guys seen panos cosmato's uh, first movie called beyond the black rainbow no the, this movie is know. honestly like a like hard mainstreamification of that movie this movie <laughs> is like as accessible as the Avengers compared to that movie. (laughs) (laughs) I know to stay away from it. then. (laughs) So like, I mean, beyond the black rainbow, there's borderline, like a lack of main character in that movie. Like, like at least this has a familiar structure, like, like revenge movie. Like you get it, you know? Yeah. That movie doesn't even have that. Just imagine the most like polarizing vibes in this movie. Take it like, and just bottle that up and make that over the whole movie. And that's it. There is a plot, but like, from like just a experiential point of view, that's what that movie is. So, oh my, yeah, I'm so looking at the IMDb part now. <laughs> I didn't particularly enjoy this movie, but I've mentioned a lot of things that I really like about it because, again, it's just not for me. There's plenty to love about it. Again, the performance, the cinematography, and the score. I don't think I have anything else to say, but. Matt liked it and May loves it, and I would love for you guys to express that. Yeah, Matt, you should you should go. I have a long spiel, so you should go ahead. I'm glad you do because I don't have a ton uh, for it because I agree it was a really long one. Um, it was a slow slow burn for me, which tends to be more of like less of the speed for me. Uh, but I did like seeing Nicholas Cage in this role because. I agree. It's very different from Pig. Oh yeah, we can bring that up. Um, but there are some similarities there, which I don't want to spoil for Aaron, so I won't go into those. Um, but I think I also like films that explore like the cult type of horror. Oh yeah, I yeah, think yeah. those are fascinating, especially. Um, oh man, I just lost my train on that. Um, just like that type of. Or I think um, I just forgot who it is that plays the main villain. Uh, I just lost the IMDb. Oh yeah, it's um, um, Linus Roach. Yeah, Sands. Yeah. yeah, Linus Roach. Yeah. Um, he is very Jim Jones esque. Very, very Charlie Manson. Mm-hmm. Manson, yeah, yeah, Manson more than Jones, yeah. Of uh, like that type of weird control. Uh, yeah. And like just that type of creep terror. Factor, I think, sets that vibe that we're talking about. 
oh yeah like unhinged and uncontrolled i think that type of horror i think is like kind of my favorite type of horror to watch because it's just the kind that i really like to watch because that's my brand of horror um so i really enjoyed that about it and like aaron said the scenery those shots are amazing mm-hmm. and yeah the pacing did get definitely pretty slow at points um but it was also like oddly it would pull you out every once in a while with some scenes that were just kind of like self-aware and kind of like went back into that b movie of horror level like uh like the chainsaw fight yeah the chainsaw fight and even the uh when they go up to the uh, what were they called the the uh, the dark oh man the black skulls oh yeah the, yeah the, or, yeah first time they call them with the uh, little magic conch shell yeah <laughs> for some reason that guy getting out of the van and doing that I just busted out laughing <laughs> it was like just it was so juxtaposed with everything else being so serious and I just like it's like. Is that supposed to be there? But it seemed like one of those B horror movie things. So like some moments like that. And uh, the, the other guy in the band that he brings along with him on that same ride, rolling the window up and down over and over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> those little moments that like pulled it out um, were very B movie horror. And I really enjoyed that. Like just again, pulling out. Of, like, it's pretty- a mixing pot of a lot of different tones. And yeah, so it was like and- jarring, but in a way that was kind of nice. <laughs> It plays it all straight, though. It it doesn't act. The movie doesn't present anything differently than anything else, really. Yeah, it's like you get they're they're all just right there in front of you. (laughs) Other than that, May, I really want to hear your thoughts on this because I feel like you have the most thoughts of uh, of Aaron Uh, and I. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've had many talks about this movie over over my time, which in the amount this movie's come out like five years. as long as this movie's been out but um yeah i just think it's like it it uses it doesn't use traditional film language to tell its story it almost tells its overarching story in my opinion the same way a lot of say from soft games do like your bloodborns your dark souls your elden rings your all that it doesn't much care for specificity in terms of its events and characters while you do get those things what it's more about is the symbolic movement of of these archetypes and symbols and how they relate to one another and i specifically think this this movie is a really interesting view on ownership and specifically ego and the way that so you know the 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 charlie manson stand in jeremiah he's he he just he sees mandy and he just he wants her he just decides he wants her because he's someone that just feels he deserves to get anything he wants and the movie never really tells you that but it even but it does blatantly show you in fact it blatantly has that scene where it has the profile shots of both of their faces the straight on like of that and you literally see him taking her face and putting it onto his it is a filmmaking choice to to visually show him trying to steal her personhood in that moment and as you go through the movie you just get the impression more and more oh no, he just hates himself and he's using this and the weakness of others to, and the image of godhood, he's perverting Christianity and the symbols of it to to just appeal to people's worst tendencies and inflate his own ego. And Red is in a fashion the symbolic avenger of nature in the same way that you kind of are in a Dark Souls game. You're just this neutral body standing in the middle trying to push 
this natural world's arc to its conclusion. And at the very end, he he goes mad, kills everybody, and drives off into the most apocalyptic sunset ever captured on film history. And <laughs> and like while this is a good thing in a fashion, right? Because he he killed all the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Was he in the right? Did he did he passively own her in a certain way? Was her was what she wanted her memory to be violence and bloodshed who is actually there to remember her barely him. Cause he sees her and smiles like a demon as if he doesn't recognize her and the world is destroyed and apocalyptic. And I think it's another way to view what, how do we deal with the mistakes that we, that we have in life or most importantly, the parts of life that we're not at fault for like sometimes things just happen to us in the world that we can't control and like feel like they come out of nowhere and aren't fair. It's some of the most hard to describe things in life. And Red responded to that by just clearly delving into something deeply awful in his past. That's how he knows the Bill Duke character to exact revenge in a way that is granted thrilling for us, but to the world, it literally destroys everything. <laughs> like in the cosmic balance she is some Mandy is symbolically linked to the cosmic balance of the world. She's an angel in the symbol of the movie. And I, I love that he essentially dishonors that angel by only committing violence on her behalf. Mm. And I think that like, that's just a really powerful and interesting way to not only flip violence and film, especially from this standpoint, also right on the heels of your old people action movie trend of Liam Neeson killing a bunch of European people or Denzel Washington killing a bunch of European people or whoever killing a bunch of European people. <laughs> so, Wait, so is it mostly Europeans? Yeah, mostly, yeah. <laughs> um, or like Matt Damon killing a bunch of European people. It's a bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of vaguely European people dying. And I love, I love that use of American culture to justify it, Christianity and how all of these sides are wrong perversions of what you should actually be valuing. And through the scope of almost this hyper, hyper real eighties stylization, that was the time when all these things were at their most superficial, most hard to describe in terms of politics, especially if you were in that time back then, you even get the Ronald Reagan radio thing at the very beginning of the movie that he turns off. And I think that's, just such an interesting both dynamic and symbolic uh, thorough line through this film that every time I watch it becomes more powerful to me than the colors and the cinematography. Not to ever say I don't appreciate those things. It's my exact vibe. I love it. I can watch shots like this for 10 hours rather than just two, (laughs) but that's so much the core of the story that I love. And I just think that we should, you know, honor the people that we love in the way they would actually want to be honored. And I think that's, the critical mistake that red makes and definitely Jeremiah makes. (laughs) It's a really interesting perspective because I agree. And I think the movie is trying to make a similar point. I just saw it from the opposite perspective. I saw it from uh, every single scene. Nicholas Cage loses more of red loses more of himself. Like, Oh yeah. um, So I saw it from the opposite, not necessarily the, what does her legacy want to be, you know, come to terms with violence because like her her reaction isn't violence her reaction is to laugh like uh, and to... yeah, she, she humiliates him like that's the worst thing she could do to him in that moment right so yeah. like i like i really appreciate that i just saw it as like you know there's even moments where like uh the like second guy that he winds up killing like when he's comes up like cuts his shirt and he's just like that's my favorite shirt like yeah um like i just saw it as like every kill like he loses more of himself and he 
and he does take drugs to kind of cope with that. Um, I mean, obviously it's to also like sustain him and give him energy um, yeah. to, to, to get this big trial. But yeah, no, I, especially because like that ending shot of him smiling at the empty seat next to him, like he's clearly gone. That's clearly not red anymore. Yeah. Um, it's you're, it's right. It's like demonic. It's uh yeah, he said, or, he or, says, or his heart's going to explode now. because of all the cocaine, you know, like, and he's yeah. gonna, you know, die in the car on the way out. But like, that's a really interesting perspective. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like when he says, I am your God now, that's the movie saying like, he's not any better than the guy he just killed. You know, he just killed a demon in a fashion, but like he has gotten to that place. He has become a God to himself, you know, and which is what Jeremiah thought he did. And so that's like, uh, I, I see a lot of people like just not accepting the fact this movie might be critical of Nicolas Cage. And I feel like, yeah, it's like, that's the whole point of the movie. And it's certainly you... critical of the character. I don't, th- I don't, I don't know that it pushes it to the extent that you're saying where he's as bad as the cult. Like, <laughs> Well, no, I mean, he's not bad in terms of like his actions. I'm, th- I'm saying just, I'm referring only to the symbolic meaning of yeah. how, how they, these characters are represented. Right. Just, like, like he's he falls to the level that, she didn't mind being the, he falls to his right. low, but he's definitely not to the extent the cult leader was where he's actively harming. Right. Yeah. And 100- seeking to harm others, but he has fallen. Right. That's exactly, exactly. Perfectly said. Yeah. hundred percent. And yeah, just either way, just great performances, great looking movie, very entertaining for me. This movie goes to me like, like a taken or born movie goes like now when I watch it, it goes so fast, man. I just, I'm so in it the whole time. I'm like, Oh my God, this shot's so amazing. And then it goes to another shot. I'm like, Oh my God, this shot's so amazing. Oh, I love that line of dialogue. Huh? <laughs> just every scene, something like that happens. I'm like, Oh, I'll, uh, I think wrap up our, com- wrap up our Mandy conversation by just saying, I didn't think the movie was for me, so I didn't particularly enjoy it. But I still think you should check it out if if like this is sounds like your kind of movie, like you'll love this movie. Um, if you like slow, gorgeous, yeah. sl- uh, slow is what, you know, like it's 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 a it's very long stretched, gorgeous cinematography that, you know, if you like yeah. a lot of times movie gets movies get criticized for like, oh, it lingers on this t- shot too long. It's like this lingers like seven times too long. But yeah, like it, it does not care what you might think. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the movie and that's OK. It's, it's Yeah. So anyway, like if you want argue like one of the most gorgeous movies you'll see not done by Roger Deakins um, <laughs> with with an incredible score. Um, Rest in peace, Johan Johansson, by the way. Right. Yeah. I was, I was just trying to think it's like, yo, yeah, it's Johansson. Um, yeah. Uh, with an incredible score, um, there's there's just a lot to um, to get out of here, and uh, and and arguably one of the best Nicolas Cage performances recently. Um, and uh, it does have some of the Nicolas Cage that you know and love, very <laughs> briefly, but it's more a slow, methodical. Actually, Nicolas Cage is a good actor, you know. Moments, so yeah. Um, so I'm not trying to steer anybody away. I'm, you know, I, if you are if if you are interested in this kind of movie, go for it. You'll have a blast. Um, also, if you're uh, interested, and in, I will describe one scene um, by describing or reading a text I sent May while uh-huh. I was watching. It says, <laughs> verbatim, I think I just saw Jason, Pinhead, and maybe the creature from the Black Lagoon ride up on motorcycles. But having gone for, to bat for way stranger movies before, I guess I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I was 40 minutes into this movie. I, yep. I remember getting it so, <laughs> yeah that would be my summary <laughs> perfect well 
<laughs> let's let's talk about all right. So as as discussed at the very least, this movie is a vibe. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, it, it, and it knows what it is. It is a singular vision. It is. I I I struggle to call it a background movie. Um, but I certainly could see somebody being like, yeah, throw it on in the background, glance over every now and then see some pretty shots and whatnot, you know, um, listen to some really eerie, creepy music. I struggle <laughs> to call it a background movie because I think I it's too gorgeous for that. But, um, you know, movies that are a vibe, a movie that you're in for it in almost entirely for the tone. Um, that doesn't mean it's the only thing that works for it, but movies that like are consistently you know, like one thing, it knows what it wants to do. It sets out to do it, and that feel and atmosphere. That, and, yeah, yeah. Mo- movies, is. movies that you just kind of feel. You know, um, I have. Uh, I know we discussed. So I have uh, one, two, three, I have seven. Um, just a little bit more than I think you guys had, and that's okay. You can pick um, up slack for me. Yeah, um, and that's fine. I but we'll just we'll go round Robert style. Um, I'll kick us off with the first movie that I thought of. And uh, again, I don't really necessarily go for these kind of like that, this kind of movie like Mandy is. So I think my definition is going to be a lot different, but like that's, I was explaining to Matt, I do try to make these questions vague so you can answer the way you want. So the only prompt is movies that are a vibe. Um, so my, my first um, pick is uh, whiplash. Um, the vibe is anxiety. It's just, <laughs> it's just an anxiety ride for 90 minutes. Um, and oh, it's yeah. my third favorite movie of all time. Um, it is uh, remarkable, incredible. It is excellent in writing and acting and direction and all that. But it's a vibe and it's anxiety. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. 100%. So, yeah. Um, it's it's a great movie. So, I mean, you know, great <laughs> Yeah. It's also, yeah, it also happens to be, you know, a great movie that for some reason didn't get nominated for best picture in 2014, but whatever. It's still on my list of shame. I think you've me. I need to see it. It's remarkable. You just got to be prepared. Like it's one of those that you'll start it. You'll get white knuckles clenching your seat and it just won't go. And the movie will end and you will feel like a physical release of like your hands from clenching and your teeth from grinding and just like an emotional weight. Like it's just, it. you'll just feel that movie end. It's as much an emotional universe as a physical universe, that movie. Yeah. So I just need to take a nap after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You may need to like. Go to therapy. uh, Maybe. (laughs) Um, You may need to like um, ingest something and to calm you down and then take a nap. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) You may need to like smoke a joint and then <laughs> to calm is, you down <laughs> is that what you were saying what uh, you're talking about eating some potato chips <laughs> oh no well you eat potato chips after you smoke a joint in that <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> uh, i live in texas i couldn't ever do that who wants to go next i can go uh, on. Uh, i have once upon a time in hollywood yeah it's that's like yeah. such a like talking about putting you in a time and place so much of that movie anyway dedicated to just driving around the roads of 60s los angeles or hollywood more like and it's just it, it's just a beautiful like movie both visually and tonally I, I think it's one of tarantino's um best films like easily for me mm-hmm. i mean granted i think most of his movies are incredible anyway but yeah i just i love every single part of it and i think his attention for detail and his love for the era but not his beholdenness to portraying it fully as this only perfect good thing is what makes it feel so authentic. Sure. And yeah, I love, love that movie for that. All right, Matt, um, what's your first pick? 
Uh, I'm going to go full one with you, Aaron, of the anxiety-driven ride of uh, Greyhound. So going back to... Have you guys seen Greyhound? I have not, no. All right, so short version is Tom Hanks is World War II... Oh, this is the Apple TV Plus one. Um, yes, it is on Apple, only on Apple yeah, TV Yeah, definitely Plus. did not see it. Unfortunately, that is the only way to view it. But Tom Hanks uh, is escorting a large fleet of merchant ships across the ocean uh, during World War II and has to fend off attacks without any air support or radio communications with allies. Uh, and it's literally 48 hours of just pure anxiety while he commands his four attack ships with limited resources and just tries to keep people alive while also being human. And it's a really good look at humanity and just like, it's an anxiety. Like you said, a white knuckle, like by the time it's mm-hmm. over, you take a deep breath and you need to relax. <laughs> cool. Nope. I had to have to put it on my watch list. I'm going to go with baby driver for my second pick. Um... Great pick great pick it's my like favorite like feeling i've ever gotten from a movie um as a drummer so like rhythm is really like my thing um that bell bottom sequence must do a lot for you well it's every (laughs) sequence it's it's even later when um when they're having that um that gunfight in the middle of the parking lot set to um, tequila no it's the (laughs) uh i mean yes but they're having that gunfight in the parking lot set to, oh, what's the Queen song? Um, oh, oh, oh. Uh, um, uh, all of us like, oh, crap. It's, it's on not, Sheer no, Heart Attack. Now, it's, the, it's on Sheer Heart Attack. Uh, um, oh, it, it, wait. Hold on. Uh, Brighton Rock? Brighton Rock, yes. Yeah. Um, but like the assault rifles are shooting to the beat. Um, it's so fantastic. <laughs> like it, it, it's it's all of that. It's it's. My fa- my favorite scene in the movie is the, uh, the 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 scene where baby goes to get coffee, and it's the um, the Harlem Harlem Shuffle Harlem Shuffle. Yeah, I, yeah. I want. I was like Harlem. Wait, which one's not the mob flash mob? Uh, Harlem, Harlem Shake, Shake is that one? Yeah, um, it's the Harlem <laughs> Shuffle, and it's because it, like it's because like the way that scene moves, and the way that like Ansel Elgort as baby will like interact with the world like through his headphones. He's clearly listening to this song a million times, and he's like kind of you're dancing but then also the way the set design is like you know there's like that random trumpet like graffiti down to the wall and so he'll stop and he'll like play it and then there's like the there's like here like in a chalk on the sign and so it's like you move right here and he like lands on it at that moment Uh. and then and then there's also like even on the way to the coffee shop and on the way back there's things that he interacts with that now we've seen progression from in the background or there's like um things that started off with people arguing and now we're them like hugging or whatever. Like, it's just like, it's, it's the, that particular scene is my favorite scene, but like the whole movie is, is just a vibe. You can tell Edgar Wright made a soundtrack and was like, let's put film to this. And yeah, he um, wrote like every scene to a song. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he knew exactly what he was doing and it's, it's easily the movie I could most just put on and feel a certain way instantly. And sustain that even though the third act gets a little wonky and a little over the top for me and maybe it's a little stretched out i i adore everything about that movie it's like 26 all time for me special shout out to hocus pocus in that running sequence as well yeah yeah every 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 special shout out to every song in that yeah yeah, yeah. You know, even the like um uh, you know the both deborah songs the 
Um, oh, the Beck song and then the, the, the Beck song, song and the T-Rex. Yeah. Song. yeah. And, yeah. and the, and the use of like when something is wrong with my baby and uh, it's, it's just uh, the nowhere to run to <laughs> yep. baby. Every, yeah. every single second of this movie is a vibe and it is entirely my vibe. hundred percent. That's a great pick. Mm-hmm. Me. All right. Well, after that, um, I got Blade Runner 2049. Yep. Just talk about an atmospheric, neo-futuristic, like, hellscape that, like, rarely does, like, quite like a, like, a, a huge technological city in movies pull me in as viscerally as the Blade Runner ones do. And I think how Denis Villeneuve and uh, Roger Deakins just realized it with that Hans Zimmer score especially mm-hmm. is just some of the most, like, engaging just like visceral filmmaking i think i've ever seen and that's they create one of the most not only like diverse but just like powerful atmospheres i've seen in science fiction recently and so yeah it's just when you think about like what you want from a science fiction world you think of like that kind of feeling you get from watching blade runner 2049 mm-hmm. and so that's that's why i picked that not to I mention it's one of the video. not to mention it's just one of the best mysteries that's come out recently and one of the best Ryan Gosling performances and one of the best examples of how to do a recall correctly yeah. and all, all these all these things. It's just one of the greatest science fiction movies ever made. I agree. All right, Matt. Uh, all right. So I'm going to go back to a little bit more of a horror vibe here. Um, Woo! A vibe of just impending aloneness and terror with, uh, let's see what year, the 2016 Michael Flanagan hit or not hit necessarily but netflix release i believe hush mm-hmm. yes someone else knows this movie yes it's yes, so good <laughs> yes. it's so great so oh my god more people need to see this <laughs> yeah yes. Hush is awesome yeah for anybody who does not know hush is about 88 minutes long has about 14 minutes of dialogue and has nothing but feelings of helplessness and also badassery <laughs> on the part of the protagonist uh it follows uh the director's wife actually uh, uh kate flanagan and it is a home invasion thriller horror and she is a deaf writer who is um just being tracked and hunted throughout her home by uh john gallagher jr mm-hmm. who plays a perfectly creepy villain and it is all about her mm-hmm. fighting back and outsmarting him at every turn. And it is terrifying and just chill inducing and amazing. And yeah. just, it is 88 minutes of uh, tension. Just white knuckle. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm so glad other people have seen and love this because I feel like not enough people know it when I say it. Definitely. I'll go with my favorite straight horror movie of all time. I'll go Sinister. Um, <laughs> Beautiful. I, Beautiful. I just love like everything about this movie's like energy and atmosphere. I think um I, I think it's I'm gonna say I think it's the best directed horror film since The Shining. Um I was like there's some competition maybe there, but like I th- the way that Scott Derrickson uses lighting and sound in this movie are specifically lighting like is incredible. But like the movie just has this eerie energy the whole time. Like you can't quite understand. Like, you, you don't quite know why, but there just is. And you're spending all this time with Ethan Hawke, who like my fa- one of my favorite things about this movie is that like there is a, you know, spiritual entity force thing that is like the like villain thing but like the bad guy of the movie is ethan hawk like like oh yeah 
like it's about it, his his character's like downward trajectory yeah yeah and it's and it's about his like complete lack of regard for safety of his family for the purpose of his success like it, and it's throughout the film with incredible performances it's but but then the thing that elevates it over the top for me is the super 8 footage that he discovers that oh was my shot God. practically um and is the scariest things i've ever seen um it's terrifying it's the whole movie is just tense and it's 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 a movie that is the scariest thing i've ever seen and there's only one jump scare in the whole thing uh it's the very 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 end uh no it's like halfway through well no the the last shot is the which which one i don't think that's a jump scare but he he literally goes like bah Uh, (laughs) i'm i'm more there's there's one like halfway through the movie that oh you um, mean you mean the like man yes yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) that's fair that's fair it's like he's yeah um there's like one like jump scare like halfway through but it's 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 so tight it's so maybe the scariest jump scare sound ever too yep that too that yeah (laughs) it's anyway i love sinister so much i've preached about it here a lot um it's my favorite like straight horror movie of all time and um it's great again just it's it's energy it's tone it's vibe all of it um creepy so how do you feel that they made a sequel i didn't see it and i refused to yeah don't it's not great uh, <laughs> that's why i refused to you're okay with uh, especially like it's i know scott derrickson wrote it but like the fact that he didn't direct it i mean i know it's because he got dr strange but like surely yeah, exists and that's okay and that's surely he would have had know. more of a if, if derrickson directed it i'd be all in but he wrote it and i'm it's not the I worst would, idea would, in the world i would question how much he wrote i don't know if he was sold credit or if it was more so like it was him and his writing partner c robert cargill that okay. wrote it together i like stuff that they do you know the black phone's great too like it yeah. could easily also be on this list but like basically just anything with ethan hawk is gonna be perfect so <laughs> true i was um, i was gonna ask have you seen vhs 85 i saw the first vhs and i didn't particularly like it but i don't well i'm think i'm gonna go back and watch them i the hear only, great things about vhs 85 the only reason i say is because scott derrickson direct, directs the last segment in that movie and it's very like sinister black phone there's even references to both of those movies in that segment well he had a segment of the original vhs didn't he oh uh, no 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 he did not <laughs> his, his first his first vhs segment was the one in vhs 85 i think he's just a big fan maybe he would have been a part writer or maybe producer on that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know Adam Wingard was like the main creative director at first, but yeah, it eventually just kind of went to shutter and then they just kind of went away with it. But, but yeah, VHS 85, it hit, even if just, you don't watch the whole movie, watch his segment. It's incredible. It's one of the best they've ever done. Yeah. I will watch anything that he does. Um, yeah. And, and, and anything that he does will continue to be fantastic. Like, <laughs> well, like top of my excited for this to come out. Like, I think the black phone made my top five last year for anticipation and it made my top 10 for favorite movies it's, as it so. should have. It's, it's an incredible movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So your next pick me. Um, I have a very new movie here, but I got, I put asteroid city. Oh, cool. Ooh. Yeah. Wes Anderson, most of Wes Anderson's belong yeah. on this. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he does nothing but vibe movies. That's true. And to me, and I, I guess this is a hot take, but I think this is his magnum opus. I think this movie, both thematically and just film filmmaking wise, really hones in everything he's interested in in terms of filmmaking, whether it be the idiosyncratic nature of it, a curse, the quirky personality and the way he shoots it, but also just how it's about like the weird, like differences and contrasts and the details in life and how maybe it's not supposed to make sense. 
and that's okay. And you just have to keep telling that story. Just keep going and keep understanding it in the way that is com- most comfortable with you. And that's what he portrays in all of his films. And that's the his mindset in all of them, seemingly, whether it be Family Dynamics, World Tenenbaums, or like Youth with Moonrise Kingdom, or however it may be. It's all there. And I think the vibe is as seasoned and immaculate as it's ever been in Asteroid City. And that's why I put it. Yeah, fair. Matt, what you got? Um... I'm torn now on how to go on here. Mm-hmm. There's too many vibes to pick from. There are too many vibes, literally. Every vibe I choose will look so different. Um, I'm going to go with just my favorite Christmas vibe feeling that is just, it's going to sound like a cop out, easy choice, but Christmas vacation. Sure. Yeah. I thought you were going to say it, Christmas story and I was going to go, no. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> it's a can of worms for another day. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and it's every year, multiple times, <laughs> have to watch it, and just, there's that pure joy of release and slapstick knows that it's dumb and fun, <laughs> and Christmas, and just absurd family. Mm-hmm. And at the holidays, that is the exact vibe I want to feel. <laughs> and yeah, that's great. That is really the short and sweet version of that vibe. <laughs> And Clark Griswold wears a Blackhawks jersey. It makes me happy. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go... I'm going to save my, like, comedy vibe ones for the last. I'm going to go with Annihilation. Uh, Ooh! I thought you were going to save your comedy ones. Uh! <laughs> um, oh, no! <laughs> this is a movie that I left the theater and I'm like, I don't know if I loved or hated that. And then I watched it again. I'm like, mm, I think I just liked it. But it's one of those that I think about all the time. And there are some of the most effective scenes ever in that movie. Like the the voice bear thing is maybe the scariest thing to ever exist. It's creepy. Ever. Um, But at the very least, like this movie is simultaneously as scary as it is intriguing. Like because you're the whole movie. You're like, I don't know what this is. And it's very mysterious and. I think there's a million different interpretations you can have for this movie um, and be right. <laughs> yeah. hundred um, percent. You at but, least can't be proven wrong. But, but I think, yeah, again, the movie is just, has this feeling of um, just mystery and it's, it's horror mystery and it's, it's, it's very like unfamiliar. It feels like a twilight zone episode. Um, it's just, again, it's just kind of a vibe that, Works. It's true, truly mysterious that movie it puts you in like a an alternate dimension physically and you know, Literally. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's one that uh, i watched it and then i went ahead and read the book and i was like oh maybe it'll make more sense if i read the book <laughs> it, it got worse like it made less sense and i was more confused that's what i heard that's what i hear and I, and I hear that the movie is also like is is simplified and different than the book it is and it isn't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, May, what's your next pick? Um, I'm going to go with a movie that Aaron blatantly said he did not like <laughs> earlier <laughs> in the episode. I picked Drive. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a vibe for sure. Um, and I get why people like it. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, this is a this was my big introduction to Ryan Gosling for one. Mm. Um, and two, I think that. Man, just like in terms of like a precursor to Mandy for style for like that, like kind of drawn out scenes, the the neon, the synths, the all that like this was kind of like this. This made Vaporwave a big thing, you know, and 
just I love the intentional moments of big style. Specifically, I'm going to mention the elevator scene. If you've seen it, you probably know what I'm talking about. That is one of my favorite moments of style and literally from the departed, right? Yeah, from the departed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That that's one of my favorite moments of style from any movie ever of all time. Like one of my favorite movie moments of all time. And just in terms of pure storytelling, I can't admire it any more than I do. And yeah, it's just a perfect movie to me. I love it. It's my exact speed. If the rest of the movie was as good as the intro. Um. <laughs> well, it's not an action movie. <laughs> uh, Matt, what you got? All right. This actually closes out my list, but I'm going to finish on another horror. And going back to the Edgar Wright uh, well, yes. I'm going to go with Last yes. Night in Soho. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you're going to go there or Shaun of the Dead. This one has slightly more of a defined vibe. Um, mm-hmm. What? Uh, just, I know, right? <laughs> uh, just everything about it is just so clearly like pure egg, right? Like stylized, so colored, so like pulls you into that era. And then the flipping back and forth between the timelines so sharply. And then the way it starts to blur them. Oh, it yeah. makes you feel just as like terrorized as the characters is like beautiful and like so disconcerting too at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like as Anya Taylor Joy and um, why did I just forget her name? Thompson uh, McKenzie. McKenzie. Yes, Thompson McKenzie. Like as the more the that merge and like the they just become more like everything starts to come together and make sense. Like it becomes so uncomfortable feeling, and he brings those timelines together so beautifully. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm gonna get two of them out of the way here real quick um, because they're very similar energies, and I love them. Um, the first one is gonna be a movie that we've already talked about here. Uh, it's Heavyweights. Um, yes, it's 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 a vibe. It's it's one of those that a couple weeks ago, uh, me and some <laughs> friends were getting together, and they were like, "Hey, um, bring any movie," and it happened to be Labor Day. And I was like, you sure heavyweights is the perfect Labor Day movie because that's kind of like end of summer. Uh, and heavyweights is summer camp, I, it's similar. Uh, like I could have also brought Wet Hot American Summer and that would have also been great, but like I, I heavyweights is a different tone, it's not quite as like dumb funny like Wet Hot American Summer is. Um, but it, <laughs> it's it follows a summer camp, and yeah, there's like three different storylines and almost feels like two different movies, but like it's it's just a vibe. It may I really hope you watch it and love it. I, I do want to watch it now. You yeah. definitely got me interested. It's so funny too. It's just like laugh a minute, kinda. It's it's so good. Um I love it. A sim- on a similar note, say what you want about the movies, but they definitely know what they are. And the first one more than any of them, uh Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. <laughs> Those are so great. Those are so great, and I agree with you. More people need to love these movies, unironically. I no, I legitimately like the first one is in my top favorites of all time list. It's it around a hundred or so. I think my list is like one twelve total, but um, it, it's it just knows what it is, and it's it, it, I love two stoners traveling through time and interacting with um, you know Abraham Lincoln and. Um, <laughs> uh napoleon and uh beef oven and <laughs> <laughs> like and the scene where they take beethoven to the mall is oh god <laughs> the mall and then napoleon at the water park they're just like whoever thought of this is a genius um <laughs> then whoever anyway. got keanu reeves and alex winters is also a genius yes i i adore these three movies specifically one and three i adore two's good um, whoa two is great 
but the first one is by far my favorite. And and also, like, franchises that I didn't expect me to cry for a thousand, please, because the ending of Face the Music, um, yeah, I cried. I'll, I'll admit it. Um, <laughs> That's cheesy goodness right there. It's perfectly executed. I agree. <laughs> and also, um, the two people that play their kids um, are remarkable. Samara um, Weaving's one of them. She's great. Samara Weaving's, and the other one, she's from Atypical. I don't remember her name though, but she's great in Atypical, and she's great. In, um, anyway, yeah, Bill and Ted movies just kind of know what they are, and it's a vibe, and it's a vibe that I'm here for every day of the week. Uh, may I have one more? But uh, why don't you give your last one before you? Yeah. Um, if I had to pick a franchise, or at least like a movie that's like maybe what I'd call like in potential for most important movie to me ever. Um, one of the first ones I think of is the first matrix film. Sure. And that's what yeah. I have here. Um, the undeni- movie's vibe is style and leather. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and, and green. And green. <laughs> so much green. green if only there was green leather. <laughs> <laughs> matrix five. <laughs> <laughs> Lana Wachowski is taking notes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I can't say anything about this movie that hasn't been said in multiple like doctorate essays and like all kinds of much more intelligent people than me. But I'll just say that there is rarely a movie that has everything as much as The Matrix does. It yeah. has compelling action. It has some of the most thought-provoking science fiction you can ask for, even in non-mainstream science fiction. And it ha- it has funny moments. It has, it, in my opinion, over the whole series, a very compelling romance, even though that's that's debated amongst a lot of people, but I love the Neo Trinity romance a lot. And um, yeah, I just, that first movie, it's, it's everything to me, like not a single flaw with it, in my opinion. Yeah. Agreed. My last one is a movie that um, its vibe is all over the place, um, but it works because it's intentionally that way and it knows what it is and it goes for it. Mandy? And some, and, and sometimes this movie is one thing and sometimes it's another thing, but you realize it's really always been one thing all along and that's the cabin in the woods. Um, nice. Such a good pick. It might be like my favorite pick here. Well, a baby driver is mine actually. Um, like my number one vibe, even though I said whiplash first, because it's my favorite. Anyway. Um, but it's like, no, it's like, it starts off as a horror movie, but you're, you always tell there's something odd with it. And I think the intro is perfect because it's them casually talking about nothing riding through the cart and then all of a sudden jump scare like title cabin, cabin in, in the, the woods, woods. you're like what <laughs> what am i watching and then the movie goes and you're like oh this is scary but it's kind of not and then and, and like the whole time like we're getting cut back and forth you know and there's the like they're taking bets what are they taking bets on and then later it's like you know and 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 there's this is also a movie that like is perfect for rewatches, especially like if you have subtitles on, because like there's just so many things going on in the background, or like that scene where they keep on interacting with a bunch of things in the basement, like and now you know like oh this this would trigger that monster and this would trigger that and this would trigger that and there's um the like, conch shell the conch shell with the merman <laughs> is is peak what this movie is. Where he's just like, I wanted to see the merman. Like, and then of course he has to meet the merman. It's yes, everything it about this movie just works, but it's it's also just so smart because like you see the force field in the beginning. Yeah, the bird that hits. But it, the yeah. first time that I watched this movie, I forgot all about it when that scene came, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like, <laughs> yeah, we all we all did. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> but it's it's all right there. It's all right in front of you. Everything you need to know about this movie is there in the first probably like fifteen minutes. 
but then it gets more complex and it gets like to the end it's like of course it's Sigourney Weaver like and it's <laughs> everything like everything about this movie just screams uh that uh um Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard just knew what they were doing and set out to do it and made like a perfect film that is one of those that like it, it's one of those you want to show to a friend and then come back the next week and watch this like if you or or like come back the next day and watch it again like not for any mm-hmm. like oh that was really funny i laughed i want to laugh more i mean yes but also like okay but now i want to pick up on all the little things you know um, <laughs> I, I love that bit where like the bet's finalizing he's like i got it i got it and the guy's like hey i i i bet it for zombies and he's like no you bet it for zombies we what happened was zombie redneck torture family it's totally different it's like the difference between an elephant and an elephant seal (laughs) it's so good yeah it's so great it's so great well and it's one of those like i watched it with a group of friends who hadn't seen it um just recently and uh and so it was one of those i'm picking up on everything and they're like wait why did all the ground shake and in my head i know it's because he didn't die like and um yeah you know and they, so so they're not accepting the sacrifice he's like must be like an earthquake he's like but the fact that the that that's shaking makes me believe they're close i'm like he's so close to giving it like <laughs> <laughs> and and then of course it's it's got maybe the best second in cinematic history with the elevator doors opening. oh um that yeah. like that ding yep just completely silent and everybody's like oh shit i know what's about to happen and uh, it happens and that's the kind of like payoff you always want in a movie but it never quite gives to you because it feels like maybe going too far yeah but this movie does give it to you and it isn't too far and it's amazing and and the movie also definitely does like pay homage to a ton of different like iconic horror franchises like Evil the, Dead. E- even if you're like, yeah. yes, Evil Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and things Friday like that. But even even if you like don't see a specific character, like the guy with saw blades in his head definitely gives pinhead vibes. And he's holding yeah. like a thing. It's like, you know, and, and there's um, there's actually if you pause it and look just right, there's um, the four main villains from the Left 4 Dead video games, like a beast, a tank, uh, a witch and a hunter um, liquor, uh, the, the hunter. Yeah. Or a um, or something. There was yeah. there was supposed to be. A uh, a DLC tie-in um, for Left 4 Dead for this, and then it got canceled because something because uh, the movie got delayed and shelved and all. Anyway, uh, um, so you can spot them, and you and you know, like there's definitely like the ring, and you know, oh, yeah. the gr- like there's it's just like even then, just like giant clowns, spiders like, and all yes, kinds of stuff. Giant yeah. spiders, scary clowns, mermans. Yes, um, it's all just so good. Um, yeah, it, it's a vibe, and it knows what it is, and sometimes it's one thing, and sometimes it's the other, but it's really all the same thing. Um, Perfect so. film. That just leads us to the spinoff. What is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to recommend or tell people to stay away from? I'll kick us off, because this is where we're going to go back to Resident Evil, because I <laughs> finished playing the Resident Evil 4 remake, and um, I played it through once. I'm about to play it through three more times, because I'm going to platinum this game, and... Um, it's the definition of how you do a remake perfectly. I love that. So first of all, I'm all for take any game and port it HD port it. Like take any PS2 game and put it on my modern Xbox console. Take the aforementioned, um, I think before we started maybe, but agent under fire 
007. Take that yeah. HD port and I'll be thrilled and I'll buy it. And you know, Nightfire and um, you know, everything or nothing, right? Do do and even aside from James Bond, like you know, give me HD ports of the original Medal of Honor. Like, how has that not happened yet? Um, <laughs> Super Mario sixty four, God. But that that is on the Switch. It is. Yeah, well, it was for a limited that, time, wasn't it? It's in no, the 3D All Stars. Well, I need to go they on Amazon. They advertised it as a limited time, but they did. Uh, oh, you can still find it. So a bunch of people bought a bunch of copies, thinking that they would be worth something someday, and they're worth the same. Um, <laughs> anyway, the um, that's collectors for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's uh, what is it? um? Oh shoot, scalping um culture for you. Um, no, but the. Um, th- this is how you do a remake properly because it it is Resident Evil 4 and it does look remarkably better which Resident Evil 4 also looked pretty great for its time but it's like it does look remarkably better but it's also it does just enough differently um, to where the game is better than the original um, Ashley is less annoying um, a thousand percent less annoying but like the even like the inclusion of like the bear traps like where people that had speed ran this game so much all of a sudden like oh shoot now i have to worry about that and like there's just a ton of little things like this is placed slightly different there like people that know this game up and down it's a totally new experience for them and people like me that played resident evil 4 twice um it's a completely new experience for me too it's it's just it's the exact how you do a remake you know, mm-hmm. between you know, and and it's like Resident Evil two and three were great remakes as well, but those were actual built from the ground up, totally different from them because they had to be because of the style. Like, yeah, those originals this were like pre rendered background fixed camera angle. Like, right, yeah. this could have easily <laughs> just been you know another port, you know, with maybe a few different mechanics, but they really made something special here. I'm excited to play separate ways. I'm excited to play the mercenaries mode a little bit, but I'm just excited to like play this game five or six times um, through and like find out all the little secrets and, um, you know, get, make do all the different run throughs that I have to do to platinum it. And, um, you know, um, I, I also like, like, like to me, this, it's going to be weird. This and the destroy all humans remake are exactly how you do remakes <laughs> where it's polished <laughs> It feels like this game could have come out today, but it also pays enough homage to the original. I also actually think, um, actually, my favorite example is um, the Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary Edition because by a push of a button, you can in, you can have old graphics. Like, I wish like maybe Destroy All Humans had that. Like, you could just kind of swap back and forth. Yeah. Anyway, um, or maybe <laughs> or maybe even if Resident Evil Four would have had like settings where you could turn it on and off, like. Because the original, you couldn't move while aiming, but this one you can. Like, oh, like turn on tank controls. I wish you could turn on so you could get that experience in this game. I wouldn't do it, but you know, for the accessibility that really option want. would be great. Yeah. 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 Anyway, just this is perfect how you do a remake. Um, if you've never played the franchise, this is fine to just jump right into. If and you won't you, be lost at all, like yeah if for some reason you were concerned about the remake it is way it is worth the hype even six months later so yep uh, i'm gonna shut up now um (laughs) may what would you like to recommend or warn um because it is spooky season and uh i'm not just talking about tax time but that's (laughs) yep yep no that's a joke that's a reference to anyone who'll get it but um it's a because it's spooky season i thought i'd just recommend my favorite horror movie that i feel like no one talks about or watches probably heard of it though it's called wreck 
like REC record. It is a, uh, it was remade mm-hmm. in the American market under the name quarantine. And uh, it is a shot for shot remake as was the style of the two thousands time. What is just a shameless cash grab of something actually artistically interesting. And it is a Spanish language found footage film about this newsroom, this like news team that is like a late night thing. No one actually watches this and they go to like follow a fire department to like, you know, they're going to like save a cat or whatever. And they're going to do this, but they go into this apartment building, they get a call from, and then they get quarantined inside and maybe there's a zombie virus happening in there. And so the guy is actually trying to capture it. So it's not as bad with the shaky cameras. A lot of other <laughs> found footage things are, but it's also just probably the most scared I've ever been in a movie ever. It is genuinely what I'd call the scariest movie ever made. It is nice. also like 79 minutes. It is very, very brief. And um, I will also say not for the faint of heart. If you don't like gore, maybe stay away. <laughs> it it is not hold back from violence even though i wouldn't call it like you know it's not like what i call an extreme film though it's it's nowhere close to the more taboo movies of of the cinema landscape right now but it's still fantastic and if i remember if you love dogs it could be a trigger <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i definitely remember like having seen like posters or dvd copies of this at a store or whatever but never thought anything of it and now it's on my letterbox watch list so <laughs> it, it yeah, is what do you have? it's great uh for me and i'm hesitant on this is going to be a recommend or warm because i am literally only one episode in but i am finally uh starting something new and starting to watch twisted metal on peacock Ooh. yeah I've heard things about it i've heard that was actually good which surprised yeah. me I've heard up and down. Uh, I've watched one episode, so everything gets the pass for a while. Um, but so far, I'm in. I like Anthony Mackie, and Stephanie Beatrice has never let me down either. True. So, uh, so far, it's at least got me intrigued enough. It's definitely uh, staying true to video game styles uh, with the way it, the cuts and the nature of just the, the stylizations are definitely video game-esque. Um, so it's been fun for the first episode, for sure. But we'll see how the rest of it goes. But I'd say give something to a try, because why not? Yeah. If I had Peacock, I might. Yes, that's the one <laughs> streaming service we have right now. So that's the new thing we're trying. Sure. How soon is it before a household you're just going to have one for two months and then one for the next two months and one for them? You know, I think they're going to eventually go to the contracts again, I swear. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's going to be way more just like one household has this one streaming service and just this one. There's going to be like an interconnected like web of friends that all only have the one and we all. I mean, until we start IP tracking, but yeah, like yeah. Either way, I just don't do that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm definitely like it's. I'm just curious. like it's going to get to the point like especially like there have been articles saying that Netflix is raising the prices again because of the writer strike stuff and the writers new agreement sorry and um, that's just that sucks um, that's a, it's one of the most scummy things an organization could do one might say <laughs> yeah especially because it's not like they're putting out much good well, stuff I think that's going to be the, like, the big push now is like like I think you should leave this super popular but that show probably costs like eight dollars to make like <laughs> yeah anyway i think it's gonna force them to actually put out good stuff i ho- i hope so um i content do content control content control everybody <laughs> yeah more stranger things you know season one and three stuff less gray man um <laughs> what which is fine <laughs> gray man, 
fine, but it's not. That's the problem. It's just fine. Yes. Anyway, uh, on that note, Gray Man being just fine. That's a wrap. Um, <laughs> that's what we really want the summer you, of this whole what episode. You, to be. What are you trying to say? <laughs> Remember that you can follow uh, May and Matt at the places that they listed. Um, I'll have um, probably some letterboxed um, links there in the episode description. You can follow me on Twitter, Letterbox, Blue Sky Threads, whatever you wish at Schweitcastle. I don't really post on much on anything, um, but I do try to keep up to date with letterboxd because otherwise it will just get out of out of hand really fast so <laughs> quick reminder this hip-hop writers room is part of the studio dna network you can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching studio dna in your podcast player if you want to write for the site or you want to get in contact with the show send us a question to explore during the b plot or um anything like that then email writers room at sifpop.com and if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere that allows rating, please do the ratings. Uh, five stars would be great, but, you know, I'd rather you be honest. Uh, <laughs> but it, let's be honest. It's five stars. Um, <laughs> of course. Next week, Robert will be joining me to uh, talk about Invasion of the Body Snatchers. We're going with the 78 version. Um, depending on when we record this, I'm maybe going to try to get around to the 50s version as well, just because it's so short. But we'll see. I'm not making any promises. Um <laughs> So, um, and in two weeks, Heath and Austin will be joining me to talk about all the movies where Freddy is coming for you. Uh, the original five, six Nightmare on Elm Street movies, New Nightmare, Freddy versus Jason, and the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. <laughs> so, come back for that in two weeks. Come back next week to hear Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And um, come back soon to hear May and Matt next time. Um, May, I think we'll have to knock out a franchise next time. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm excited to do it. One. We'll see. But uh, thank you guys for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, as always, it's a blast to talking with you. So uh, we will certainly do it again sometime. Cheers. Um, but that's it for this week. Come back next week. Bye-bye.